Hey, good morning, Munchropolis. It's now 5 after the hour of 6 a.m. in the big monster city. Come on! Let's get pumped! I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot! What can I say? The camera loves me. Shall we After you, Junior. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Logged It. Episode number 55. We're talking best actors, actresses working today. And uh, I think we got, a, we got a fun panel here for you. Uh, people who know things about the actors and the actresses. Uh, Boatman, you're here as always. Uh, although it, I haven't seen you in like two weeks, they I, I took like two weeks off, and you took two weeks off, and now we're back together again. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. Good to be back. I, I missed you on that show, so I'm, I'm happy to be back. Beautiful. Uh, Kirk is here. Kirk, I want to know on a scale of one to ten, how much does this thumbnail piss you off? Uh, oh yeah, I see. What we, yeah, there's some good stuff on there, but there's one frowny face that really uh, negates anything good going on there. No frowning. No frowning allowed. No, no frowning allowed in Kirk's film. Fr- frowning is allowed. Mm-hmm. Only frowning, not so cool. Fair enough. Uh, Scott, you're here. Welcome to the show. I haven't seen you in a while, buddy. How you doing? I'm good. You know, now more than ever, we need to be on Florence Pugh's side, is all I'm saying, Kirk. Uh, just look past her frowny face and look at what is going on in the real world. And uh, we can all stand Florence, at least in this moment. That's fair. Uh, Jake, you are back after being... You were on the director's episode, right? Now you're back for this one? Is that, uh, uh, no, I was, on the, I was on the doggos, yeah. And, yeah, that's right. I literally asked Maggie before the show started. I was trying to come up with the final topic for uh, next month. And I said, Maggie, if you could watch one episode of Logged It, what would the topic be? And she goes, dogs. I'm like, damn it, woman, we did that already. What the <laughs> hell? But she came up with something else that was good. So you'll find out later. Oh, plugging it. Uh, but Jake, anyway, how are you? <laughs> I was better before I found out Kirk has a problem with Florence Pugh, the May Queen herself. Um, I, uh, I'm i good. Uh, my internet is a lot better than it was the last time I was here. Uh, so that's fair. Hopefully, I don't expect any cutouts. That's really my main concern. But I'm always down to talk movies. That's fun for me. So and yeah, well, a rare day off for me these days. So I'm excited. We, we, we will see how my internet holds up because uh, it has been atrocious the last few weeks. So if I drop out, Caleb Boatman will have you completely covered. Uh, but yes, very excited. Uh, Tim, borrow a pair of glasses for Maggie. <laughs> you oh, cool kids. I don't get it. Because we're all wearing wearing glasses. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I got perfect vision. Uh, Anyway, uh, so it's going to be a fun show. Uh, We got a lot of stuff uh, to talk about. So let's kick it off with our favorite movie that we logged this week. Boatman, let's hear from you first. What's your favorite movie of all this week? Uh, Yeah, Uh, I I was kind of it's been a while, so I didn't know like how far back I wanted to go. But I'm gonna choose something I watched fairly recently. Uh, this is this is one of those movies that I've never heard anybody talk about, and man, especially this community. Uh, I'm going with uh, the Collector from 1965. 
This is uh this is a Terrence Stamp movie. Uh and this is this is a really fascinating thriller. Uh essentially the premise is that Terrence Stamp is this very like socially awkward loner who kidnaps a woman and basically like keeps her hauled up in like this kind of celery area like cellar type era area and basically just like keeps her there and and basically from his perspective until she falls in love with him and she's just trying to escape it's basically kind of like a proto misery a little bit it's got like that same type of vibe and it's it is one of those movies where you are just like you want to look away like it's not like it's from 65 it's not particularly violent or anything but this it's just so like skin crawlingly creepy and stamp is really good this is this is a really underrated film i i can't believe i've never heard anyone talk about this um i have seen the late 2000s uh film the collector uh uh, from the creators of the saw franchise uh but no i have not seen this uh but i like the stamp uh so it sounds like an interesting premise so i'm into it uh scott have you seen this um, let me ask you this, Bowman. Is this would this be considered like a single location movie or? Uh not. I, I you could make an argument like they okay. goes. And you know what? If you want to make the argument that it's a single location movie, there's like two or three scenes outside of, but it's pretty much actually in the one location, or at least yeah, it's on it's- the same property. Pretty much the entire thing is on one property, even though there's technically different locations. So do it that way you will. Yeah, I asked because I have to watch a single location movie for my movie watching challenge this week that I'm doing. So I was going to watch Autumn Sonata. We'll see. And maybe a game time decision between these two. But um, yeah, no, it sounds, it sounds really good. I mean, Terrence Stamp plays a great creep. So um, And yeah, William Wyler directing this is kind of crazy. And I'm not a Wyler guy. I like this, and I think his direction is great. Uh, Kirk, have you seen this? I have not, but as soon as you said Terrence Stamp, my ears perked up and I had to the watch list. Um, looks kind of hot in this too, but uh, yeah, William Wilder directing? <laughs> definitely under the radar. Um, definitely check it out. Jake, what about you? Uh, I have not seen this yet, but definitely um, something that I'm interested in. I mean, coming off, I recently watched a different 60s William Wyler movie that I really loved called The Children's Hour that most people probably know better than this. That was fantastic. So if it's anywhere near that good, um, and I also like the stamp. So, yeah. Gotta love the stamp. Uh, All right, Scott, let's move over to you. What's your favorite movie along this week? So I'm going to talk about two 2022 movies um, for each section tonight, but... Um, I'm going back a little further than a week, but a movie that I saw in theaters that I think is super underrated um, for movies that's come out this year is Emily the Criminal. Uh, This is Aubrey Plaza, um, who plays this woman who um, is kind of a struggling, you know, in her late 20s, um, trying to make it. And she gets turned on to 
this guy who is doing shady activity, basically someone she works with says, Hey, you should go see this guy. He, if you want to make a quick buck. Um, and she does. And basically the guy says, all you have to do is go in, use this stolen credit card, buy a TV and deliver the TV to me. And that's it. Uh, but then he, she, she does it. And then the guy's like, okay, well, if you want to make more money, you can come back tomorrow when we're going to do something else. Um, but of course it's all illegal. Um, and she ends up getting a little bit over her head. Um, the guy, Theo Rossi plays the guy that, um, runs the, um, or that she kind of gets involved with in the organization. He's really good too. He's really charismatic in the movie. Um, but it's a really good, it's a good thriller. First of all, like you really are on the edge of your seat most of the time. Uh, but it's also a good movie about like people in this age group nowadays struggling in, you know, jobs where they don't make a lot of money and a world and society that expects a lot more than they are able to provide. Um, and so there's some, some good, like, economic undercurrents going through the movie. Like, it actually has something to say. It actually has some substance to it. And though it is a thriller, there are good, like, quiet moments between the characters as well. And like I said, I think Theo Rossi's really good, but Aubrey Plaza is phenomenal in this movie. Um, this is two times in three years now between black bear and now this movie where I think she's given like amazing dramatic performances, which you would have not expected um, from her, obviously with her early days in comedy. But um, yeah, I think this movie's excellent. It's pretty short. So I think it's only a little over 90 minutes. I definitely held my attention throughout the runtime and the performances are fantastic. So um, definitely check this one out. Yeah, I'm checking right now. I feel like I saw that this already popped up on Vudu um, as being able Maybe. to rent because uh, it wasn't playing anywhere near me, and I really wanted to see it because I saw the trailer and thought it looked really interesting. I'm checking right now to see if it's on Vudu. I don't see it on like the main page, so maybe in a couple weeks it'll be on there. But yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it. I've heard only uh, only good things about this, so I'm glad to hear someone I actually know say something good about it. Uh, Boatman, have you heard of or seen or want to see this? No. Uh, well, I actually do kind of want to see it, but based on that description, love me some Aubrey Plaza, but yeah, no, um, definitely thought this was maybe connected to Emily in Paris, but it isn't. Is that that show on Netflix? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a white woman show on Netflix. Yeah, she's getting very excited about it right now. Uh, Kirk, have you seen this? Sorry, I'm multitasking here. Um, no, I have not. I saw the some brief previews for it. It looks kind of interesting. It looks kind of like that, like modern take on the thriller, like Scott said, just kind of like the undertones of like the desperation of needing to do it and like being in those shoes. Uh, sounds kind of uh, fun, and it's a something I haven't seen Albert Plaza do. So uh, I'm definitely interested in checking it out. And what about you, Jake? I've heard about it. Um, I have not seen it yet, um, though. I've been on the Aubrey Plaza can act train since Ingrid Goes West, which I think is a movie I like more than almost anybody I know. I really love Ingrid Goes West. So um, it doesn't surprise me that she's uh, given another really good dramatic performance. And I am a sucker for millennials with money problems movies. Uh, so I'm definitely, I'm definitely interested. I have to, but I, 
everything else theatrically takes a backseat before I see another movie that might come up later from somebody else who knows. Um, but yeah, interested okay. though. All right. I'll go next. Uh, I'm also going with a 2022 movie. So maybe this is it. Uh, I'm going with uh 3000 years of longing. Is That's that it, one. Jake? That is the one. Yes. There you go. Um, I actually had a really good week. There were a couple things that I could have chosen, but we've talked about them on the show. I do want to shout it out though. I, I really liked hustle. The Adam Sandler yeah. basketball movie was not expecting to dig it. I really liked it. I watched it in my That's hotel good. last night alone by myself really on my phone, but I had a good time. Thought it was really, really good. But this, uh, Again, I think this is a movie that's going to go down as one that I appreciate more than I love, but I really enjoyed my time with it in the theater. It was not what I was expecting. I don't really know what I was expecting, but it wasn't quite this. Just the whole, um, the way George Miller tells the story is super interesting. And Idris Elba can do it all. He can punch lions in the face. And now he's uh, a genie granting wishes. Like the man can't, he doesn't miss people. And uh, I really enjoyed his performance in here. Tilda Swinton's really, really great in the movie. The final act of it is kind of where I like it. It doesn't lose me. Like I get what it's going for. And like, I like the message behind the movie, but it, it just kind of like, it shifts from being one thing to something else with like 30 minutes left. And it didn't like totally work for me because I really I liked up to that point what was going on, but I still liked the movie overall. One of my favorites of the year. Um, really, really enjoyed it. George Miller's vision is just kind of like crazy. Like the dude, I mean, he, <laughs> he just like, it, it, it's, crazy. like it, it, it's hard to put into words, but the man that, you know, can fucking do happy feet and then Mad Max. And now this, and it's just like, it's crazy. And I loved that before the movie, they did one of those like, hi, I'm George Miller. And thank you yeah. for the theater things, uh, which I always love it when they do those because he's just sitting there and he's like, thank you for coming to watch this film in the theater. And I, Maggie goes, you're welcome, George. We're here for you. Uh, but I do have to say, movie, fantastic. Like I said, visual. I thought the visual effects we're also really, really good for a movie that I would assume was not made for a ton of money. There's like one like glaringly terrible green screen moment, but otherwise I thought that the CGI and visual effects were really well done. So visuals, great story, great movie, great. But what tops it all, Maggie and I are sitting in the theater, right? We're watching this movie and there's probably 20, 25 people in the theater tops. And two seats down from us uh, is this couple. And they sat down before the movie started. We knew they were there and everything. All of a sudden, in the middle of the movie, I just hear like a, like a, I don't even know what noise to, to call it. It was, it was like a, like a, like, I'm like, what the fuck is happening over there? I don't know what's going on. So I just keep focusing on the movie. Then all of a sudden I hear it again. And I look over and this woman is squeezing something into her popcorn tub. And Maggie leans over and goes, this woman is squeezing a bottle of Heinz mustard 
that she brought from home into her popcorn tub. Now, I've seen people do cheese. I've seen some weird things in my day. But somebody bringing a full bottle of mustard from their home refrigerator. And they were with someone, too. Imagine going on a date. And the guy buys a <laughs> popcorn for you, and you're like, oh, "Thank you." And then he, you just dump an entire bottle of mustard in there. It was, it was all I could think about for the second half of the film, which is a discredit to George Miller. I'm sorry, George, but it was nuts, and I had to get that story off my chest. Uh, okay, Boatman, did you get to see this movie yet? No, I haven't. Uh, but I've heard, I've heard people kind of bickering about whether or not I will like it. But I'm very interested. I've heard it's basically, like, one person described it as Big Fish meets My Dinner with Andre, and that has me sold. Um, I don't know if that's accurate. No, I could see that. I could see that comparison. I definitely thought about Big Fish watching it, yeah. Tim, you, I feel like you know my taste pretty well. Will I like this? I don't think you'll hate it. That's fair. I think you'll I think you're gonna be like I think you'll appreciate it more than you'll like it. Oh, okay. I think you'll have a good time, but it's not gonna be something you're gonna want to run back to. That's fair. Uh Scott, you saw this. Yeah, it's really good. Um I it's another one of these like this is the last gasp of this type of movie in theater that will probably theaters that will probably see, especially because it uh it only made two million dollars or something over the week, which I we I think we all saw it coming, but still yeah. it's it's pretty sad. Uh, but yeah, the fact that he got this budget, this was uh, this is an obvious example of somebody doing the one for him. Um, you know, he made the big blockbuster with Mad Max. It made a ton of money, and now he's like, I'm now I'm going to make the movie. Want. I get a lot of money, and I'm going to make the movie that I want. Um, and it's great because it's George Miller, um, and. It really just like the the structure of the movie, because so much of it is about storytelling and there's stories being told within stories in the movie. Um, it's just a great, you know, excuse for him to flex his, you know, ability for world building and uh, his imagination just in general, which is, you know, boundless, I think, um, especially after you watch this. So I really enjoyed it. I thought the um, chemistry between Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba was great. There's one thing that happens in the third act, like a theme that kind of pops up all of a sudden that I was like, oh, I didn't think this was really what the movie was about. That kind of came out of nowhere. That yeah. brings it down a little bit for me. I'm not going to say more than that, obviously. But um, yeah, it's, you know, it's really inventive. Um, you definitely get swept away just in the, especially in the first two acts of this, the actual stories being told. Um, and yeah, I had a great time with it. Kirk, did you see this? I have, yeah. I'm trying to make plans to go this weekend. Uh, Kathy and I have some movie-going friends, and we're strategizing what we're going to see this weekend. I'm trying to talk them into this. It might be a little too weird for some of them. Um, so I'm trying to rein everybody in and hopefully make that happen. What's the other option on the table, though, Kirk? The other option on the table is uh, a honk for Jesus, save your soul, So, which I also want to yeah. see. It look, that but, looks good, too. I yeah, want to be seeing so that. that, that that's, that's a good second choice, but I yeah. only want to see 300 years yeah. Uh, and Jake, you said you haven't seen this yet, but you seem excited. I'm very, I mean, Mad Max Fury Road is my favorite movie of the 2010s. So, Perfect. yes, I am excited for this. George Miller, I mean, I'll see anything the dude does uh, after that. Um, 
And just from what little I know about it, I've tried to stay away as much as I can so I can go in as cold as possible. But it really just seems like something that is just so in my wheelhouse. And I am definitely going to see it this weekend. Um, I'm super excited for it. Yeah. He he directed the pig movie, right? I'm not crazy. The, uh, second, the second pig movie. The second one. Pig Why the didn't do the, who did the first one? Some guy. Yeah, some guy. Wow. <laughs> so George Miller just came in and was like, you know that? I think pig? he wrote the first one. He uh, wrote yeah, it. he was involved somehow. Okay. I thought he just randomly saw Babe in the theater and then was like, fuck, I got to get in on this. And then just like <laughs> ran to the studio and was like, let me bring the pig to the city. Uh, okay. <laughs> the pig talks? What will they do next? <laughs> right. hey, honestly, though, that would make sense because pig ba or babe pig in the city is way darker. Than the dark, yeah. um, all right, Kirk, we're going to go to you. What is uh, your favorite movie along this week? Uh, I'm going to go with an older movie. Um, haven't got a, a lot of chances to watch movies that I would have watched this week. Uh, we'll talk about that more when we talk about worst movie. Um, <laughs> but the best movie that I watched this week was uh, Sup T and I have been, I'd been just before the show on a Godzilla kick. And uh, this week we watched Terra of Mechagodzilla. This is the sequel to Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. And I love Mechagodzilla. I've always just loved the concept of the big giant robot. Uh, Godzilla fighting the actual Godzilla. Maybe that's the Pacific Rim fan of me. I don't know. Um, but I just love I love the design of the uh, creature. Um, it's my favorite thing about the the new Godzilla versus King Kong. You know, his little cameo at the end was really awesome. Um, so I love both these movies. Uh, we watched Godzilla versus King Kong, or I mean, uh, Godzilla versus Godzilla a couple weeks ago. Um, if you can go into both movies blind, uh, I'm not going to spoil too much here. Uh, watch. Uh, the first one, you know, obviously the first one first. Um, I got a lot more enjoyment out of it because I didn't know anything going in. And there's a lot of cool, fun surprises. Um, but this one is a lot of fun. It's Godzilla. It's Mecha Godzilla. He's back from the last movie. There's a new a new monster involved named Titanosaurus coming out of the ocean. The bad guys are trying to control him. And, you know, just building up this big three-way battle. And uh, it's the last film directed by the original Godzilla director. And watching it, if you if you would, if I'd have known that, I'd never would have guessed. I thought it was a brand new director because it has like a real energy that I haven't seen in I haven't seen all of them yet. But the Godzilla movies I've watched so far, I haven't really seen this energy. Has like a lot of new like cinematography. Uh, the fights look different and better. They're shot different ways. Just really exciting. There's a great shot of um, the Titanosaurus is like wrecking the city, and then you see Mecha Godzilla flying in behind them, and then Godzilla comes in to fight them. There's actually a part where Godzilla gets like blown up and like buried in this hole, and he you know comes out of it and he literally does this and it's oh. just so much fun i i, I love this movie it, it, mega godzilla is just the best because he just it just you know he's shooting missiles lasers all over the place the effects are great it's a lot of fun um so this is definitely a top tier show era godzilla for me yeah like i said a few weeks ago i bought that uh criterion collection uh showa era godzilla set um it it's awesome i haven't dug into it yet but just the artwork and everything is amazing and i'm super excited because even looking at the images of this film online here it just it i'm just so excited to watch these i'm i'm kind of waiting till i have the time to just like binge a few of them in a row um but i'm really looking forward to this and mechagodzilla is awesome so yeah uh okay uh boatman have you seen this no 
Scott. <laughs> Kaiju movies not really my thing, so uh, yeah, no, sorry. All right, and Jake. Uh, can't I? I will profess ignorance. I will have to say I am much more familiar with Mecha Strysand than Mecha Godzilla. So, but perhaps one day I will amend that. Fair enough. All right, uh, Jake, we're on to you. Your favorite movie along this week? Yeah, um, I between work and studying for a, a particular match coming up, I haven't really logged anything this week specifically, but I'll go back to. One of the more recent things I have logged, um, this is, um, I've been on a real horror kick lately, just kind of all over the map with horror movies uh, of varying qualities. Um, and one that, the one that I'm going to talk about is one that I've had on my watch list so long that I saw its remake in the theater four years ago before I even saw the original. Uh, so I am, I am, of course, talking about the incredible 1977 Suspiria is my favorite movie that I logged this week. Um, I think when we talk about best looking movies, like if there was like a, if you had to draft like best looking movies, this would be very high, like purely from a technical visual perspective. I can't remember a movie that uses color quite like this one uh dario argento really is able to make every frame pop with just incredible color like very vivid color no matter what color it may be uh just ever you just can't help but be drawn in by just how alluring the colors are in this movie while you're also deeply unsettled at the same time which i think is what is the really great trick of this movie is that it looks so beautiful. And yet the things that are happening are so horrifying. Like the tone, even just before even anything bad happens, even just like the very opening scene when uh, the main character, uh, it's fine, but false. Um, the, uh, the remake is fine, but it's nowhere near as good as this. Um, yeah. Uh, just, the opening scene when she like gets out of the airport, um, you just immediately like, there's no reason for Dario to go that hard with the color just of him coming out, her coming out of the airport, but he does. And then as you get into the various happenings in this dance school, uh, the various sinister happenings that are going on and as good as the visuals are, the score might be just as good by a uh, goblin with assistance from the director himself, Dario Argento, just those two things in concert just really make for just a really unforgettable viewing experience. Even if some of the acting might be kind of stilted from pretty much everybody involved. Um, I did get a kick out of seeing, um, I forget her first name, but, uh, the woman who plays the main dance instructor at uh, in Suspiria is the main is the female lead in the Third Man, uh, which is a movie I really love as well. Uh, obviously, this is much later, like thirty years later, uh, so that was fun. Um, but yeah, no, this movie is just a really incredible sensory experience. And honest, I think the thing that the remake, where I kind of am held back on the remake a little bit, I do like it. 
It's way too long, first of all. This movie is an hour and 38 minutes. That movie has no business being two and a half hours. Um, and it just, it kind of is a little bit too self-important and really tries to make it, like, really bring in a lot more backstory that you don't really need. Honestly, the weakest scene in Suspiria is this sort of info dump that happens kind of towards about two thirds of the way through the movie. Um, because there's, that's the one scene that really doesn't pop with the colors. Cause it's just the main character meeting some dude in the daytime somewhere. Um, but yeah, everything else is just really absolutely stunning to look at. Absolutely stunning to listen to. Um, and yeah, I was really, really impressed by it. Happily rewatch it. Yeah, I've seen both versions. Um, I watched this right before the remake came out um, in preparation. And uh, I liked this one, but if I'm being completely honest, it was four years ago. And uh, I just, I was four years younger and didn't, I think, appreciate this maybe as much as I would today. Um, that being said, I do like the remake as well. Um, I probably like the remake more again. I've so seen both of them only once, but having seen them like a week apart four years ago, I think I probably was, uh, I was on the hype train of, uh, Luca Guadalajara, whose name I can't say, um, because of call me by your name. So like I, I was, I was hyped because of that more than I think the actual movie. Uh, but I remember liking this, but again, I think I, I just, it deserves a rewatch because, um, I just don't think I appreciate it as much as I would today, knowing like what I know about myself now with like the way I watch film and like the movies I like and stuff. It's just different after four years. So I do want to rewatch it, but I liked it when I saw it. So, um, I'm sure I would like it even more now. Uh, Boatman, have you seen this? I have not actually. I really want to though. I feel like if I'm gonna vibe with the horror movie, this one like just sounds like such an interesting one that I might. Uh, Scott, what do you think? I've only seen the remake, um, which I thought was great, but also I was like, I never want to watch this again because it was disturbing, um, yeah, and intense. But maybe this would be easier to swallow. I don't know because it, just because it's shorter. Uh, but I do want to watch it obviously because it's a classic. Yeah, the last, like, 30 minutes of the remake are just, like... Absolutely insane. Yeah, yes. like, one of the craziest... One of the most insane things I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Yeah, one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Uh, but we stand Tilda. Uh, Kirk, have you seen this? I've seen this. I, this is the only one I've seen. I haven't seen the remake yet. Um, but, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Um, I just like Argento's... I haven't seen a ton of his work yet. But I just love his kind of aesthetic, and this movie really is more about. I don't. I don't think Boatman would love this. It's much more about like the sensory experience. It's vibe, the story. Hardcore. Um, okay, that's fair then. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I mean, it's like I. It, I almost describe it as like a beautiful nightmare because, like Jake said, there's a lot of horrible things going on, a lot of great kills, a lot of great body horror. Um, but they're framed and shot, and you know, the, the, the like you know, Jake talked a lot about the color. The color is great. In this. And so you're seeing all these horrible, nightmarish things, but it just looks so good. So you want to look away because of the the things that are actually happening, but the way they look, you just want it to go on forever. Um, and yeah, the score is great, um, but it is very much more a like I said, just just it's, it's it's you're just like it's like a sensory tank. You just go in and it just you're just consumed by it. 
Um, and I really loved it. And usually I don't like movies like that. So I think it's just this, it was kind of like lightning the bottle for me. Um, I do want to see the remake though. I, I hear it's completely different, um, but I want to see that as well. All right, cool. All right, let's move on to um, our least favorite movies that we logged this week. But we're going to kick it off with you. Uh, yeah, then, you know, I didn't actually really watch anything all that bad. This one's just kind of whatever. Uh, I'm going with 1960 Sons and Lovers. This is, um, this is like, this feels like if you asked someone who hates classic movies to, like, describe a classic movie, this feels like that. Like, it, it has, like, one of the most, like, I feel like parodied plots ever, which is basically, it's like, what my, I'm a, I'm a British coal miner and my son is not good enough for, for coal mining. And like, it's just a very, like, it's, it's just kind of a lot of melodrama, but the performances I will say are actually really good. The performances here are good, but the, the actual story is just very like kind of basic. I feel like, and it doesn't really work. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, no, I, I think that the, the the performances and the cinematography kind of make this film work, but I, I think overall it's just kind of forgettable. Nothing really special to it. Hey, guess what? I've never seen this. Uh, oh, <laughs> Scott, gosh. have you seen this? Sounds like a poor man's How Green Was My Valley. Basically, no, that's accurate. That's <laughs> accurate, actually. I haven't seen it. Uh, Kirk, what about you? I have not seen it. Is this based on the novel? I don't know. Because I've read, I read a novel called Sons and Lovers in College, and I hated it. Is that, it about so. coal miners? I, I forgot. I, I think I only read like half of it and just faked my way through the rest because it sucked. Uh, Jake, what about you? Uh, I have not seen it. It's based on a novel by D.H. Lawrence, so that's entirely that's possible you that uh, yeah, you probably did read it. Then. You did that's read that in college. I have not. I have not seen this one. I know the guy who directed it did a lot of the. Was the DP for the Powell Pressburger movies, um, including The Red Shoes, which is another candidate for one of the best looking movies of all time. Uh, so, but I have not seen this one yet. No. Yeah. Okay, uh, Scott. Let's go to you. What's your least favorite? Okay, so we're back to 2022 movies, and I wouldn't say that I did not enjoy this movie, and I definitely wasn't bored by it. Uh, but the worst movie I've probably seen in the last couple of weeks is Fall. Um, oh, yeah. Which I got to admit, I'm a sucker often for these sort of like survival B movies. Like, I love Crawl. I love uh, The Shallows. Hey, Crawl is not a B movie. That movie fucking slaps. Well, yeah, it, it, it is, but it's a great <laughs> B movie. Um, but anyway, I, so I'm down for those, those, these types of movies, and that's why I went to see this. Um, it's not as smart or well-executed as those movies. Those movies are also made by more experienced directors than uh, this movie. Um, but, um, of course, the concept is that these two girls uh, decide, or thrill-seekers, basically, and they decide to climb to the top of this insanely high uh, TV tower just for the, the lulls. Um, and also one of them, her husband has just died. And so it's like a therapeutic thing because I guess somehow that's therapeutic for some people to climb to the top of a really large t TV tower. Uh, but then they get stuck up there. And so the rest of the movie is about them trying to get down. Um, 
there's some crazy stuff that happens. When I say I was never bored, like that, you know, the the at least the director at least understands you have to like keep raising the stakes by introducing all kinds of you know new stuff. Um, and there's birds that get involved, and some crazy stuff happens with the birds up there on the tower. Um, there's some plot twists. Most of them don't work. You know, this is the type of movie that I, I normally don't care about the plot, but um, but I, I don't know. Some of them were just so ludicrous that I was like, okay, come on. Um, and the actresses are, you know, they're not that great. Like, you know, again, Crawl the Shallows, you have like notable people in it. Here, I think the main girl is like, she was in Shazam, right? Wasn't she like the, sis the sister in Shazam? Um, yeah. And yeah, that's know. that's about it. Um, and her best friend, the character played by her best friend, I will say, uh, is what I don't like her at all. I'll just put it that way. Uh, <laughs> the character, keeps, or the actress, the character, the character. Sorry, she keeps pressuring her into doing this. And I am a severe acrophobe, so I was like, you know, obviously already set up to fail with this, but then I, I was like, you are the worst kind of person about this character, but um, that's all I'm going to say about that uh for for fear of spoilers but um not that anyone cares probably about me spoiling it but the actual like climbing up the tower all that stuff again it was for me it was pure terror because i would never go near anything like that um and i think that that part of it was well done but you know the rest of the movie is just it's a bit silly um and the you talked about some green screen being bad earlier the opening scene green screen in this movie which is actually the scene of her husband dying Awful. It was like birdemic quality, to be honest with you. Um, it, it's rough. Um, so this is the same person who made 47 meters down, correct? Oh, is it? I don't know. That's what I Oh, know. okay. Well, if it is, that movie is dog crap. So, yeah, so this was uh, better than that for sure. Okay, well, that's good. Because I saw the preview for this, uh, I think before Thor, and I, I literally went like, this looks like the type of movie I would love to hate. Um, so I do want to watch it. It's it, it didn't play anywhere near me, so I didn't get a chance to see it. Um, but I, I do want to watch it. So I do actually, when I saw you and I think Payson maybe said something about like there's plot twists. And I was like, how do you get a plot twist out of this concept? So I do kind of want to watch it just because like you guys have like, You've piqued my interest in that way, but I will say when, when I used to review movies uh, on my YouTube channel, Maggie and I uh, would review movies together a lot. And one of one of the uh, most fun I've ever had doing a review was uh, we we did a video called uh, "We Hate Moviegoers," and then in parentheses it was forty seven meters down because we walked out of 47 meters down because the moviegoers in the theater were just like so, so bad. And it's one of my favorite videos we've ever did. Uh, so this, I kind of wanted to see this just to see if it was uh, just as awful as uh, it's, be it's better than that. Okay. Fair enough. But uh, I do want to watch it, but I haven't seen it yet. Uh, Boatman, uh, I heard you saw this opening night. How was it? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, no, I haven't seen this yet, but this one, doesn't sound terrible like but maybe it is it's just white people nonsense really is what the whole movie is <laughs> i mean isn't my whole life basically just white people nonsense though? i'm not saying whether that's a good or bad thing i'm just saying that's what that's it is. 
Uh, Kirk, what about you? Did you see this? I haven't seen it. Sup T brought it to my attention the other day. He wants to watch it, so I don't know if we're going to check it out now. The thing that worries me, this sounds like a really good concept for like an 85-minute movie, and I just looked it up. It's 107 minutes. Yeah. That's a long that time to be on top of a tower. That worried me as well. I didn't super notice it, but I, I don't doubt that it would have been better with 10 less minutes, which, again, the movies that I mentioned earlier all come in under mm. 100 minutes. So. Uh, Jake, what about you? No, I don't have time to see like every movie that comes out in theaters. So, no, I did not get to this. I got to wait for 3,000 years of longing. That's cool. All right. Uh, I'm going to go next. Uh, I am following suit with Scott and also doing a 2022 movie. Um, so I decided, like, I was I was feeling a bit, uh, I don't know what the word is, but be, like, I, I kind of prided myself for many years, like 20, I would say 2014, honestly, even earlier, maybe 2012 through like 2019, I saw fucking everything, like good, bad, like didn't matter. And then as the years have gone on, uh, a lot has gone to streaming, so I just miss a lot of stuff. I'm very much a I would rather watch it in the theater type of guy. Uh, so I just missed a lot of movies over the last couple of years. And I was like looking at like my 2019 like ranked list is like 190 movies, which is just obscene. And then I was looking at like 2020 and 2021, and they're just like under 100 movies a piece. I'm like, man, like. I gotta watch more new releases. Like I'm, I want to be. I, I like being the new release guy. Um, I hate being the new release guy. I've watched a lot of bad movies this week, uh, specifically streaming movies that I had never seen. Uh, and I, the only reason I watched this one that I'm gonna bring up is because Maggie watched it. She logged it and gave it a two star. But I liked the lead actor in the movie, so I said, you know what. I'm going to watch it anyway. And it is the Netflix original film, The Royal Treatment. Now, let me tell you about this movie, okay? This stars Mina Masood, a.k.a. Aladdin. I liked him in Aladdin a lot. Thought he was super charming. I want to see what he does next. He's in this Netflix movie. Here's what this movie is about. He's a prince that comes to New York to do things unexplained, I think. I don't remember. And uh, he needs a haircut. So his butler calls a beauty salon. Well, he calls the wrong salon. He calls like a rundown salon where this Disney Channel original actress, I don't remember her name. I'm going to look it up right now so Boatman can tell me who she is. Uh, her name is uh, Laura Morano. Thank you. Allie from Austin and Allie. Oh, where no. Laura Morano? So Bowman, let me ask you: Is she Italian? Uh, she might be in real life. I don't know. She does she have the, the thickest? Does she have a thick Italian accent? Like she's auditioning no. for The Godfather Part Four? No. Okay, because I can't do an Italian accent, so I'm not even going to try because I'd butcher it. But she's walking around here going, ah, "The pizza, you know, the Gabagoo. <laughs> It's it is so thick and laid on. Basically, what happens is he goes to this girl's beauty salon uh, haircut place and then ends up hiring her to come to his country to uh, do the makeup and hair and stuff for his wedding. Well, 
shit gets real and guess what <laughs> they fall in love and then it gets rocky from there so uh this was one of the most seriously unbearable things i've ever watched and honestly mina masood i think that's how you say his name really charming still he's actually good in the movie but everything else is crap this girl that boatman knew exactly who i was talking about was so bad in this it was like it, it was seriously just unbearable to watch the way that she's i'm gonna have to find a clip from it and show you guys after the show because literally the way she's walking around she's like ah oh, danny yeah you know hey we gotta go do the thing hey let's go do it i'm like what are you doing right now and it's just it's fucking awful and it has like i honestly romantic comedies are a top tier movie genre i love romantic comedies like Maggie and I just watched uh, Friends with Benefits, and then we just bought No Strings Attached. We're doing the double feature, and uh, we're going to have a great fucking time. Like, I love these types of movies. This was my first foray into the straight-to-Netflix romantic comedy. Oof. Oof. I just, I have no, I, I don't even know. It's just terrible. Uh, Boatman. I heard you saw this the day it dropped on Netflix. What'd you think? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Allie from Austin and Allie is in a movie? I'm absolute No. Um, no. Austin and Allie wasn't even good. Like, I can't even admit. that. Even at the time, I knew it wasn't good. I watched it, but at the time. I, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. So <laughs> It was terrible. It was boy Hannah Montana, basically. Ah. Uh. Uh, Scott. Uh, no. Uh, I have been there, though, Tim, in terms of watching some awful Netflix rom-coms. Uh, and I've been there enough to, I feel like I have a decent judgment of when one is going to be okay and when one is going to be like this. So I am going to sit this one out, sorry to say. Because I also didn't mind the Aladdin remake. Uh, Kirk, what about you? I haven't seen it. Uh, you add a Christmas tree decorating contest in there somewhere. That sounds like the plot to every Hallmark Christmas movie ever. Yeah. Um, but no, I haven't seen it. My family might be into it. Uh, we were, I wasn't, but we were a big Austin Alley household. I once drove my daughter to Columbus, Ohio to see a Ross Lynch concert. So <laughs> that's how hardcore my family was. Uh, but, Yikes. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to skip it. Caleb <laughs> Coho was probably also there. He's a big rock. <laughs> That's not even a joke. No, I know. I know. Uh, Jake, have you seen this? Nah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right. Uh, let's move on. Kirk, what's your least favorite movie along this week? Okay. Um, I got knocked out of the Warzone singles tournament earlier this year. Silver lining to that was I got to watch I had the summer of George. I just got to watch all the movies I would have watched. Got to, you know, watch go back and revisit a bunch of stuff that I hadn't seen in a while, discover a lot of new things. Um, but that all came crashing down because somehow all of the uh admins know, like, oh, you haven't had a match in three months. Well, here's three matches in three weeks. So my fun is over and I'm watching a lot of garbage now. Um so I got to decide which way I want to go with this because I've been studying a lot of different things. I think I'm going to go the Adam Sandler route. And um, I won't uh, 
not necessarily the worst movie I watched, but the most disappointing and frustrating, I think. I watched uh, Just Go With It. And um, I expected to, like, despise this movie. I'd seen bits and pieces because Kathy's a big fan. So I'd, like, walked it on for And it looks like standard LM Seller stuff. But I sat down to watch it. And first of all, Jennifer Aniston, I haven't seen this since Friends. I think she is, like, one of our most underrated comedic actresses. I think she is just her timing and her delivery is so good and so natural. I think you take any bad uh, rom-com from the past 20 years, pull out the, the female lead and plug her in, it instantly gets better. Um, but she just has, like, she should have a much better career. I think, like, her representation just sucks because she should just be making better movies. And Adam Sandler's not bad at this either. Like, he, the two of them have chemistry. And, you know, he's, I think he's funny. And we know, we've seen him be talented. We know he, we know he can act. Um, the problem with this movie is that it's a Happy Madison movie. So, you know, you have, for example, the beginning starts with a flashback with Adam Sandler's character, like kind of getting left at the altar. And for no reason whatsoever, he has this gigantic, like gigantic fake nose. I mean, it's not fake in the movie. It's supposed to be his real nose, but it's obviously a fake movie, a fake nose. And, uh, you know, it's like, and Nick Swartz and his friend, he has like catastrophic acne because Happy Madison, you know, oh, physical abnormalities, that's funny. Um, so the, you know, the, the, the movie flash forward, he becomes a plastic surgeon, gets the nose fixed, has no bearing on the rest of the story. Um, Jennifer Aniston, one of her kids, his, her, his main like characteristic is that he goes to the bathroom a lot. And that's the joke of the movie is that he goes to the bathroom. Her daughter just is doing a British accent for some reason, because happy mess and funny voices are funny. Um, Nick Swarzden is like doing a German accent wearing thick Coke bottle glasses. You can see what I'm getting at. Like, if this wasn't a Happy Madison movie, this movie wasn't like marketed to the lowest common denominator that thinks that, you know, lazy eyes are the funniest thing in the world. Uh, this would be a great rom com. I think it has the potential to be really good, but because it has that stamp on it, it just has all that really stupid crap that you, you know, you enjoy the movie for five or 10 minutes and it's like, oh, fart joke, great. Um, so it really, like, I wasn't, I, the movie was better than I thought, much better than I thought it was going to be, but it had the potential to be so much better. So it kind of frustrated me. So that's the, like I said, it's not the worst thing I've watched this week, but I just wish it would have been better. Um, yeah, I had the pleasure of seeing this in the theater. Um, a buddy of mine who, uh, he actually was the best man at my wedding. Uh, we went to movies a lot together in high school, and he said, hey, Tim, let's go uh, do a double feature tonight. And I said, great, you pick. And uh, we watched this and Battle L.A. We didn't talk for a few weeks after that. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a rough night. Um, I, I know I saw this. Like, I know I did. I don't remember anything about this whatsoever. Um, I do like Jennifer Aniston a lot. Um, like I said earlier, I like Adam Sandler when he is trying. Um, this is one where I don't think he is very much. Um, and if I'm remembering correctly, but, uh, yeah, so not a movie that I'm ever going to go back to. Um, but it, it, I just looked and Chris is right. Is Nicole Kidman in this movie? Yeah, sure is. Like a lot? Quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. it's, It's not, it's not a fast cameo. Like she's a character in it. Well, she's like the third build on Letterboxd. She's married to Dave Matthews. Yeah. In- mm-hmm. 
That's not like the actual Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews playing a character. Yeah, play a character. There's uh, a hula contest, which is judged by Dan Patrick. It's that, this yeah. is this is a of true course Dan Patrick's in it. Mm. Uh, yeah. Oof. Uh, Jake, have you seen this? I have. Um, I know there is not a lot of love. Uh, there's not a lot of love for uh, Full Metal uh, in these parts. But back when I was involved over there, I uh, I had to watch this movie for to write for Deep Cuts oh. last year, and it was the worst movie that I watched to do Deep Cuts for. It was God, not. Who the hell put that on the list? <laughs> Whoever it was, uh, I hope that they never get to play a match again. Um, <laughs> Fuck that guy. Because, uh, yeah, this movie sucks. Like, everything Kirk said about it is true. It's like all of the worst uh, Sandler impulses all rolled Of course, the Joseph knows it in five seconds. Of course, Joseph knows. Okay. I didn't mean to come that hard at uh, at, Ru at Russell. It's just that, like, he's not watching. It's fun. I know, bro. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, just. Uh, he wasn't even on the roster too. That's the worst part about it. Um. Anyway, uh, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. I just, yeah. This was a rough time. Um, yeah. I mean, listen. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm a straight white male, so I have to admit, Brooklyn Decker, nice to look at, but she can't act, and that matters more to me, honestly, even as a straight white male. Uh, and yeah, I'm just. Yeah, it's just rough to sit through. Just the Nick Swartzen, Nick Swartzen specifically, a Minnesota-born guy. So I feel like I need to go to bat for him. I just can't here with some of the shit. Doesn't he like deliver? He, is, he delivers like a pig, like a birth. Uh, no, he he saves. There's a dying sheep, and he saves the, the dying sheep. sheep. That's a sheep. Yeah. That's it. Oh, right, because he like pretends to be like a sheep farmer to impress Brooklyn Decker. That's right. You bring back these bad memories for me, man. Uh, this movie sucks balls. Yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, oh man, uh, Bowman, have you seen this? No, but Kirk's saying, "Oh man, this would be a good movie if it wasn't for the Happy Madison of it all." It is a good movie without the Happy Madison of it all. It's called Cactus Flower. That's the other thing too. Yeah, it's a remake of Cactus Flower. And it has that like '60s comedy vibe, and that's just what ticks me off. Is you you see that potential for it to be that good, and it just sucks. You replaced Walter Matthau with Adam Sandler. What did you think you were going to get? <laughs> um, Scott, have you seen this? Uh, no, I mean yes. Uh, Kirk, I also know watched Spanglish, which is one of the worst things that humans have made. So I, that would have been the correct answer. Uh, oh. But this is this is also really bad. Um, I I didn't enjoy watching this. I also watched it for trivia a couple of years ago. I believe I was playing uh, Nick Tuig actually. Uh, oh, that sounds I, about right. Yeah. Yeah. I somehow suffered through this because I was like, this won't be quite as bad. This is not going to be like Billy Madison where he's doing a stupid voice the whole movie or something. Oh, it's stop. Really bad. <laughs> Billy Madison's fun. Perfect All right. There. Uh, Jake, round to you. Your least favorite of the week. Yeah, so like as I mentioned earlier, I've been on a horror kick uh, lately. Haven't really watched anything outright bad, but the movie I'm going to, at least in the last like week and a half, two weeks, um, but, uh, the movie I'm going to pick is fairly recent. I think it came out like three years ago or something. It's just kind of mediocre. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. 
um, as my least favorite that I've logged in the sort of around this week. Um, it's not bad. I will say the uh, creature design is really good. Um, there's like various, the characters have to deal with like various monsters that come to life because of this book that they find in like an old deserted mansion. Um, and some of the, yeah, like some of the creature designs are really, really good. Um, in particular, there's one that's like somebody who like can kind of like contort their body. Um, that one was particularly effective. There's the, so like the fat scarecrow at the beginning was another good one. Um, yeah, but just, it actually starts out like I kind of like it. I actually was kind of liking it at first before that whole device kind of kicked in because I kind of liked the the vibe between like the main group of friends. Uh, the main actress is actually, I saw her recently. She's in a show I really love, Only Murders in the Building. She plays uh, Steve Martin's daughter in that show. Um, but so she's like the main character in this and then once they get to this house and find this book of these titular scary stories it kind of just gets the monsters aside i just didn't really find myself invested in the story like there's some kind of like there's sort of a mystery as to sort of how this book came to be and to have like this special power of bringing the stories literally to life. Um, but I just didn't, it just didn't really grab me, which is kind of a shame because the guy who directed this movie directed Troll Hunter, which freaking rules. Uh, one of my favorite found footage horror movies. Um, so I was kind of disappointed. And I know, I think Guillermo del Toro was a producer on this. Yes. Um, which is why I think a lot of the, cre the creature design is the best part of the movie. But yeah, I just didn't really, I, the movie kind of shifts from being about this group of friends to this girl sort of developing this relationship with this guy who's like a drifter who comes into town. Um, and he's like a mysterious loner type. Um, and it, when it sort of shifts from like her and her friends to like just her and him, the movie definitely lost me because I just didn't really care about their relationship so it's not a terrible movie like if you're into cool creature effects it's worth watching but just know you're not really going to get a lot out of it beyond that uh, i haven't seen this uh but I, I was vaguely interested in it when it came out tim you're back yeah sorry i just said it came out for a second no, you're fine. um yeah i saw this when it came out um I remember thinking that the the PG thirteen rating kind of held it back. Um, I think it had it for most R, yeah, it probably could have could have really been uh, effect, more effective. I agree with the creature design thing; that's by far the best part of the movie. Um, but just like some of the some of the kills and whatnot could have been a lot more gruesome and uh, uh, scary. But I, I I do think that it's it still has some really good scary moments as like a good, like entry level, like horror film for maybe like younger viewers, but like, yeah, it doesn't, it, it never does anything 
overly special to set it apart from anything else. So uh, I was I was mildly disappointed, but I didn't hate it. Um, I would watch another one if they decide to make another one. So uh, Scott, did you see this? No, I remember when it came out. I think I almost went to see it, but yeah, I think the reviews being sort of mid just kind of turned me off of it. I'm not really interested in it anymore. Kirk, what about you? Uh, yeah, I've seen it. I remember, I saw it when it came out, and honestly, I don't remember much about the story. Like, I remember basically just being like better goosebumps. But um, yeah, like, I remember all the monsters and everything, and like the like like set pieces were good. And I'm in the same boat with Jake. I love Troll Hunter too, and I want to see you know that guy have a lot of success. So I don't say anything too bad about it because I want him to keep making movies. Um, like everybody's gonna listen to me, and I get to make you know I have any decision power whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but no, I I definitely um yeah, you, it definitely had that like uh GDT feel to it where you know kind of like that like playful horror. I don't know if that's you know accurate or not, but that's kind of what it felt like. Um. But and you could tell like there's a real love for the genre. Had a pretty good soundtrack too. That's the other thing I remember. Um, I'd watch it again, like you said, Tim. It's good. Like if you have somebody who's like maybe like 12, 13 years old, and you want to show them a horror movie that's kind of like just dipping their toe in the water, it's probably pretty good for that. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we're gonna move on to the uh, main topic of uh, best actors and actresses working today. But we are gonna start with you. So why don't you give us uh, your actor or actress and then um, a film to go along with it. Did you say me? Yeah. Okay, starting with me. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go, you know, I'm I'm just going to go with a more unpopular, well, not an unpopular opinion, but a popular opinion, maybe an unpopular movie choice. I think genuinely one of them, and most people would agree, one of the most uh interesting actor working today is uh steve carell i think he does like so much uh i like he he's one of the funniest people around but i really love him in dramatic roles i think he's fantastic in dramatic roles i'm going with the big short i love him in the big short uh i i think that maybe maybe calling that controversial but i know a lot of people don't love that performance or even that movie but I, I really like his performance in this. I think the way he's able to blend the, the comedic elements of the, the performance with also, I think, his final monologue when he's like, this isn't going to get better. Everyone's going to get screwed. I think it's like so good. Or like the, the uh, scene where he and Jeremy Strong are with Melissa Leo. I think that's great. I, I think he's just fantastic like in this i really like him in vice i think he is like he's hilarious and stuff like crazy stupid love i i just think he's absolutely one of the best actors working today um yeah i don't love this movie in particular but i really like steve carell and honestly i need to i need to rewatch the big short because i only saw it the one time in theaters and i haven't seen it since um but i also haven't liked an adam mckay movie that's come out after this so it's kind of hard for me to like push myself to go back i didn't like vice i didn't like don't look up so um it, yeah i don't know but that's more on adam mckay and less on steve carell um i i really like carell though this is not one that was like on my uh radar or like i thought about it at all but he's turned in some really really great performances um there's also been some 
unfortunate duds. Like I think Irresistible could have been really great, but it it kind of fell into some really weird traps. Like it's just a kind of a mid movie. And then uh, Welcome to Marwin is just an abomination on this planet that people hate me for on the internet. But you know what you're gonna do? Everybody tweets about how Return of the King sucks sometimes. Uh, so yeah, but overall, he didn't even hear me say the. <laughs> What's the point of poking fun at Boatman if nobody listens to me? Uh, or if he doesn't. I was listening to him. I know you heard it. Uh, but anyway, and but I will say stuff like uh, Beautiful Boy, I think is super underrated. Him and Chalamet, I think, are really good in that movie. Um, Last Flag Flying is a link later movie that I think he's really, really good in. Um, I liked Battle of the Sexes, another underrated one again. We don't talk about Woody Allen anymore, but I thought Cafe Society was actually pretty good. So, like, he's done. You didn't like it? Okay, fair. No, I liked sorry. it. Uh, but I, so I think he's done a lot of good dramatic stuff. And honestly, the one that I go back to all the time is Foxcatcher. I I really liked Foxcatcher, and I thought that he was really really excellent in it, as well as Ruffalo and Tatum. So. Um, yeah, I, 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 this is a good pick. I'm into this. Uh, Scott, what do you think about Steve Carell? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was never, I've never been an office person, so I don't have that attachment to him. Um, but once you go through the list, there are definitely some solid movies and performances in there. Um, you know, you mentioned like uh, Battle of the Sexes and um, Last Flag Flying, which I think are both pretty, pretty solid. Uh, Crazy Stupid Love, obviously, he gets to show off his comedy chops uh there i'm not i'm not really the biggest fan of uh of foxcatcher or his performance there i think it's a little over the top um but he i he's definitely grown on me as somebody again that i had that didn't really have any attachment to because i wasn't into the office um but i definitely recognize him now as being a solid dramatic actor not what i would have picked but i respect the choice okay uh kirk what about you yeah, no, I think this is a good pick. Uh, just the range is pretty fantastic when you think about, you know, him starting off, you know, film-wise and 40-Year-Old Virgin and uh, Anchorman and then, you know, where, you know, the kind of performance he's given now. I kind of wish, um, you know, I mean, he's, he's great dramatic. He does a lot of great movies. Uh, I kind of wish he would do a little more comedy still at this point. Um, because you know, just to, he is he is so funny. Um, but movie, I'm surprised Bowman didn't pick. And the like, the one I automatically think of when I think of him as a dramatic actor is Little Miss Sunshine. Um, you know, that's the first time I watched where it was like, wow, that's just not just you know Michael Scott. This is somebody who really has has the chops. Uh, so no, I think it's a really solid pick. I think as for, you know, if you look back on the past, uh, you know, 15 years or so, just you know, who has the the widest range of really fantastic uh you know movies in all different genres you know he's definitely top of the list uh jake what about you yeah i'm real i'm realizing as people are listing off a lot of his dramatic performances i haven't seen a lot of those so it's kind of hard for me to judge steve carell as a dramatic actor because i have not i haven't seen a single one of those other than the big short which i was not a huge fan of when i saw it in the theater but like tim i have not seen it since then so maybe it's worth a revisit but i mean for me steve Carell, unlike scott i did watch the office when it was on i was a pretty regular office watcher when it was airing as long as at least when he was on the show i stopped watching when he left um but 
I'm more familiar with his comedic work. I mean, I absolutely love 40 year old virgin. Uh, I am cooler on Anchorman than most people, but I still enjoy it. And I enjoy him in particular. And I do love crazy, stupid love as well. I think it's one of the better rom-coms of the last 10, 15 years. Um, so again, not on my radar. It makes me want to watch some of these more dramatic roles of his because i just am not familiar all right uh okay scott let's go to you for your first place please don't do it he's right there on the th- on the thumbnail so i gotta do it uh i'm going with adam driver damn it and the what movie i am picking is a uh, uh patterson yeah there i mean Adam Driver, we we talked about this recently when we did the uh, 2010s draft on YLS. Like, if you just go through his list of movies in the last 10 years and look at the directors that he's worked with, he's worked with everyone. He has worked with everyone. Um, It's it's pretty crazy. Um, Like, he has so few misses in that last 10 years worth of movies. Um, He might have, like, the highest hit rate of just about anybody. Um, but, you know, I think he's shown his versatility. You know, Patterson obviously is a very quiet, um, understated movie from Jim Jarmusch. If you haven't seen this one, it's so great. Um, it's it's a really, really great movie. Um, and he shows that he can, you know, do that more understated work. Obviously, something like Marriage Story, for example, or House of Gucci, he's doing real, you know, he's doing big stuff. Um, but in, in movies that are solid and that I think... Um, you know, call for that type of performance. He's also done comedy very successfully. Logan, Logan Lucky. Um, I love that movie. And I think he's one of the best parts of it, if not the best part of it. Um, and, you know, obviously he's worked with Noah Baumbach a bunch of times so that he's kind of towing the line um, there between comedy and drama. I um, mean, I love all the movies that he's worked with him on. Um he was in Black Klansman. He got nominated for an Oscar. Obviously, he was fantastic in that. You know, he played a great villain in uh, two Star Wars movies. The third one, it wasn't his fault. But um, he worked with Scorsese in Silence. He worked with Spielberg and Lincoln. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. Uh, again, he's worked with everyone. Uh, they worked with the Coens. He did Inside Lewin Davis. So um, he's somebody that, you know, just really has... Uh, shot into the mainstream and the A-list in the last 10 years. And I think he's only going to continue to do so. I mean, he's in the movie that he stars in the movie that I'm looking forward to the most that is left to come out in 2022. And that's white noise. So um, another bomb film that he's going to work on, but he's also going to be in Ferrari, the uh, Michael Mann movie that he's making about Enzo Ferrari. So, um, you know, great things to come for him and he's going to get his Oscar in the next 10 years. I feel very confident in saying yeah, I love Adam Driver. This would have been my first pick. Um, I it's no, I've said it so many times, and I get a lot of shit for it, but I honestly don't care. But Kylo Ren is like my favorite Star Wars character. Like I don't care recency, whatever you want to say. Um, I love The Force Awakens uh, so much, and that character, even, and I and I really really like The Last Jedi a lot. And but even something like The Rise of Skywalker, which is uh, not a good movie. I love him in it, and I think that his arc is is the best arc in that movie. Uh, so, and I think that comes a lot from just him being committed to the character. Um, the last duel, 
last year was one of my yes. it, it was my favorite movie of the year last year and i thought he was incredible in that um i didn't see annette i gotta watch it so i but i've i've, I've been told not to but it's adam driver so I, I do want to watch it honestly the only thing that i've seen him in that i didn't like the movie but i still liked him was the dead don't die it wasn't a, a movie i, I like the movie <laughs> I, I, so but i'm the only one so again i've actually i haven't seen patterson i gotta watch it um dead don't die is the only jim jarmusch movie i've seen and so i just i don't know it didn't work for me but i do want to see patterson um but yeah you brought up a lot of movies that I just really love. Marriage Story, I I really really liked Black Klansman. I love Star Wars. I love Logan Lucky. Um, Silence is one of my favorite Scorsese movies. I think it is so underrated. The people that just you know sit there and call it the boring religious movie are I just I don't understand how anyone can watch that movie and think that it's boring or stupid or bad or like I just I don't understand. I think the movie is fucking incredible. Um, and even something like while we're young which is like one of my lesser bomb bach movies he's great in it like that's he, a great movie yeah it, it's not one of, I, I love noah bombach that's not one of my favorite ones but he's he's great and I, I like stiller more in that movie than i like uh driver but i also think that i watched this for the first time in 2020 or 2021 i don't remember on cody's recommendation but i really liked him in what if uh, with Daniel Radcliffe as like the roommate and the friend, like I thought he was really funny in that. Like he can really do it all, like Scott said. So, um, yeah, if I were doing this list, I probably would have picked either Silence or Marriage Story. I think those are his best performances. But I, I do, I, I love the guy and everything. Um, I want, yeah, I want only the good things for him. And the uh, the other part of it too, which is not technically part of the show, but he just genuinely seems like a really, really humble, cool dude in real life too. And so like that, I always like, I'm, I'm one of those guys that if I get excited about a movie, I do watch like all the interviews and like press stuff too. And he just seems like somebody who like actually loves what he's doing and cares about what he's doing. And so like, that I connect with and I like that. So um Kirk, what do you think about Adam Driver? No, this is a solid pick. Um, I agree with Scott. I think he's one of those ones where you know next over the next 10, 20 years is gonna kind of be dominating uh movies. Uh Patterson's a good pick uh because it's kind of like a showcase rule. Um, I think he's in pretty much every scene in that movie, and you know, I think he's you know, he's the complete focus, he's alone a lot of it. It's not a real showy role, you know, it's not there's not a whole lot um you know flashy stuff going on the script but he really does a lot with it so i think that's a good pick but um you know obviously marriage story is great um i think kylo ren is he's not you know if you would have told me you know when you did tell me that that, that guy you know the guy from girls was going to be you know the big bad in star wars movie i was like really um so i think it was cool just they kind of cast him against type and um, he really made that character his own and really did a lot more than I think what most actors would have done with it. I think he really, um, you know, I don't know if he's my favorite Star Wars character, but I think he's probably the one with the most depth. Um, and that comes a lot from his performance. Um, one nobody mentioned was um, This Is Where I Leave You. Um, he plays a great youngest four in that movie. Um, just nails it. I didn't mention it. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's so good. 
um, in that. And I think, like you said, like he plays so many different types of people. It's not, I wouldn't say like, he's not really like going in and out of genres necessarily a lot, but I think with like, you know, in, you know, well, we're young, he's kind of a scumbag. Um, so you get like just a lot of different types of people, different places in life he's played. And he does it all so well and just makes it so real. And I agree with you, Tim. I was thinking the same thing. He's the type of guy who really just seems to uh, embrace and love acting and really take it seriously. And really kind of like he's the kind of person to get you excited um, just by how much he's putting into the role, into the work. Uh, Jake, what about you? Outer. Space. <laughs> uh, that's that would be that would have been my uh, personal pick for favorite movie starring Adam Driver. But anyway, I yeah, I love Adam Driver like everybody else here. Uh, like I think most people, I discovered him on Girls, a show I did not like for various reasons. But he was easily the best thing in it, and I was like, man, I really hope this guy can get out of this mess unscathed. Uh, and he did, and then some. Uh, yeah, pretty much all the movies that have been mentioned here are, at least of the ones I've seen, are ones I really like. Um, Patterson is one I definitely still need to see. Um, I've only seen Jim Jarmus movies with the word dead in the title. Uh, so I got to fix that. Um, and Silence also is one of my very few Scorsese blind spots I really need to fill. Um, yeah, he's definitely somebody, as soon as I see he's attached to something, I immediately become interested, even though I'm not, like, I've liked most of the Bombac movies I've seen, but, uh, like, I really love Squid and the Whale. I love Francis Ha, and he's great in a very small role in Francis Ha. Like, uh, I could go, Scott and I could just, like, uh, kibitz about Francis Ha for forever. Sure. Um <laughs> But yeah, uh, no, he's somebody who's just really, he's somebody it's like you see them in the movie and yeah, you just automatically are at the very least interested in seeing what happens. And yeah, he's, yeah, he's working with every great director. I just like, I feel like PTA's coming. I like him and PTA. I feel like Scott and I and Tim will just like have an aneurysm just thinking about it. I would lose uh, my friggin' mind. <laughs> I know, I know, Bowman, you're a huge PTA guy too. Uh, so. I don't know what Kirk's mileage on him is, but we we are stands. So if that happens, uh, Mazeltov, uh, yeah, good pick. Um, Boatman, uh, yeah, uh, I I think he is like this is a guy I haven't seen Patterson, but I think he is like he's great at drama, obviously like Marriage Story and other things. He is like so good at comedy. Like, I specifically, like, Logan Lucky, he's very funny in that. He's also super funny in What If. He's, like, hilarious in What If. I think, like, if anyone quotes a line from What If, it is, I just had sex and now I get to eat nachos. It's, like, the most memorable line from that movie. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think What If is great. I think that, uh, yeah, I, I think that Driver just, yeah, no-brainer. Okay. Uh, Kirk, why don't we go to you next? What is your uh, first pick? I don't think I'm going to surprise anybody. Um, I'm going to go with my girl, Saoirse Ronan. And my movie is going to be Lady Bird. 
Um, I just think she is great. I think this is another one. I think in 30 years, we're going to be talking about her as one of the greatest to ever do it. Um, from the beginning, you look at her early work, like Hannah and Atonement, and she just she just had it. You know, like she was just somebody, even at a young age, just really knew what she was doing and just had command over the craft and command over the screen when she was on it. Um, you know, her, her current stuff, more current stuff, Lady Bird's great, Little Women. Um, you know, she usually, you know, smaller parts in the Wes Anderson movies, but she's always good in those. Um, movie like Brooklyn, where you put anybody else in that movie and it's basically completely forgettable. Um, but I think her in that role made that movie something special. And I think that's why, you know, it got as popular as it did, got a, you know, it's Oscar nomination and everything. Um, and yeah, you know, just little, little movies like, uh, the movie she did called Byzantium, which is a vampire movie. Um, just, just a, a silly little thing she did, but like you know, again, it's one where you know it wouldn't be that big a deal if anything. Uh, Violet and Daisy is another movie she did where he plays kind of like a like a a cleaner, quote unquote, a, a hitman, hit person. Um, so she does she does a lot of smaller stuff, um, but I just I think that it makes me sad because you know I'm a lot older than her, so I'm not gonna probably get to see her entire film, you know, her complete filmography, like in twenty. 2072 she's going to get nominated for playing the plucky grandmother you know best supporting actress and i'm not going to get to see that role and it bums me out um but i think that's the kind of career she's going to have she's just going to like just be there forever for the next 40 50 years um i don't think she's going to slow down uh she's going to be like street level of you know master of of everything she does um yeah and i just i love she's uh, she's got uh, what's the one coming out I think this month. See how they run. See how they, yeah, run. See how they run. Um, I saw oh, yeah. We created in a lab with, for Boatman. I think. With yeah. Rockwell, right? <laughs> yes, oh, yes, yeah. that one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I keep forgetting the title, which I don't know why, because that is going to be probably my favorite movie of the year. Yeah. I, I haven't seen the trailer for it yet, but Looks it comes fun. out the same Looks weekend fun. that Cody's actually coming to Milwaukee, and I was like, should we go see this random <laughs> like <laughs> Sam Rockwell, Saoirse Ronan movie? And he's like, I don't know. I watched the first 30 seconds of the trailer and shut it off because I, <laughs> I saw all I needed to see. <laughs> but no, I'm super excited about that. Um, another movie I want to, very underseen, uh, but Mary Queen of Scots, she's fantastic in that too. Yeah, um, I really like that. She's just, she's just killer. I, I, I love her so much. I get so excited every time she's, she's in a movie. Um, so yeah, this is definitely going to be my number one pick. Yeah, great pick. Uh, she's fantastic. Um, I know Scott will go deep into this one, but uh, I, maybe not deep into it. But I, <laughs> I do. Uh, my favorite performance of hers is Little Women. I think she's beyond excellent in that movie. That that's that's one of those movies. And Lady Bird honestly was the same way, where I I saw it right when it came out, and I was like, yeah, that was good. She was good. And then when I rewatched it at home, I was like. Man, I didn't give this movie the love it deserved, and that's kind of how I feel about both of them. Like both Lady Bird and Little Women are excellent, but um, yeah, I saw Hannah in the last couple of years. That movie is awesome, like super underrated movie. Um, she is just like every time she's on screen, she's fantastic. Uh, some of those that you brought up, I've never seen Kirk, so I'm interested in. Uh, I got I, I got a deep dive maybe a little bit into some that I haven't seen, but um, yeah, this is an excellent excellent choice. Uh, Jake, what about you? Yeah, uh, also agree, excellent pick. Um, and I probably would have also picked Lady Bird because Lady Bird, I think, is 
I mean, like, I can't even say enough good things about Lady Bird. It's a masterpiece. But um, yeah, I uh, yeah, she is somebody who I think I feel like it would be. I'm really interested to see what she does going forward. I'm actually really excited that she's going to be in like a more of like a straight comedy in See How They Run because I think that's one thing she hasn't done as much like outside of Lady Bird because even Lady Bird, as funny as Lady Bird is. Um, I think there's definitely a lot of it. It's a really great balance of like comedy and just like real emotional resonance. Um, uh, but I think a movie like Atonement, which was kind of her breakout, um, I'm kind of mixed on the movie overall. But I think the strongest part of Atonement is when she's in it. Uh, like the the movie does not work at all if you don't have a a young actress as gifted as Saoirse Ronan is in playing somebody who is just so despicable. Like just what she does is just so despicable that, but because she's just such an interesting actress, yes, you realize that it's terrible, but you're also like, okay, uh, she's giving this some layers that I think 98% of actresses wouldn't. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think this is also a fantastic pick. I haven't seen a lot of the movies that Kirk mentioned. Um, but I think the, the greatest hits I have, and she's terrific in all of them. Uh, Boatman. Yeah, no, uh, echo everything everyone else says for me personally, I think, um, my personal favorite performance of hers is little women. I think she is a, a really good Joe. Uh, but she's not my favorite Joe. Uh, Catherine Hepburn exists, but uh, she's a great Joe. She is really good in Lady Bird. And I I don't I think that was the first. That's not actually yeah. I think that might have been the first movie I saw of her, and I did not realize that she was not American. Uh, so yeah. Boatman, if Catherine Hepburn was working today, she would have made my list. That's fair. <laughs> and also, uh, yeah, that's another thing. How good she is with accents. When you watch Brooklyn, and I don't even know if Brooklyn is actually her real accent, but when you hear her talk, she has like a brogue, like she is like very Irish. And the fact that she get anywhere close to the to the accent she does is amazing. All right, Scott. Yeah, a terrible pick, Kirk. I can't believe you picked this, but uh, no, uh, you know, I, I won't. People know how I feel, but. I, I do think she also has kind of the Michael Jordan effect of like making everyone else around her better. Um, you know, some of it is Greta Gerwig if you talk about like Lady Bird and Little Women, for example. But, you know, like some of the scenes like Little Women, you know, I think the best scene that Emma Watson is in is the scene where she's with Saoirse Ronan on the day of her wedding. Um, and like, you know, she has a great scene with Chris Cooper after Beth has passed away. And um, obviously in, in Lady Bird, you know, she gets like all time performances out of, well, again, it's not just her who's doing it, but you get all time performances out of uh, Laurie Metcalf and Tracy Letts in that movie. And, you know, the scenes that they share together are so perfect. And it's impressive to see that at such a young age, um, I think she's bringing, she's helping to bring the best out of more experienced performers who are around her. So, All right. Uh, Jake, we're going to you. Okay. I'm, I was really worried Scott was going to take my pick. Uh, I'm taking somebody else on the thumbnail. I'm taking the other Little Women actress. Uh, I am taking Florence Pugh. 
I love this shirt. Consternation. Uh, but I'm not picking Little Women. I am because she's more of a sporting character. I am picking uh, another fantastic 2019 movie, Midsommar. Ugh. Yeah, we can just leave Kirk out of this. Um, I actually first became aware of Florence Pugh through television. Uh, she starred in, I believe it was 2018. Uh, Park Chan-wook, the director of Old Boy, did a directed a miniseries adaptation of John Le Carre's Little Drummer Girl, uh, which is really good. It also has Michael Shannon, who could have also made my list here, and Alexander Skarsgård. It's like she plays an act like a struggling actress who gets caught up in, in this international espionage plot. Uh, it's really good. And then after that, I was like, okay, she was really good in this little drummer girl series. She's in Ari Aster's next movie. I loved Hereditary. I'm curious to see what she does in Midsommar. And man, uh, nobody, there's really nobody I think that, I know Kirk makes fun of her face, which is outrageous to me because I think she has one of the most interesting and most expressive faces I've seen in an actress in forever. Uh, she can really, she can literally do anything. I think she is the way Kirk talks about Saoirse Ronan is how I feel about Florence Pugh. Uh, like, I just think that just the, the gamut that she runs in Midsommar is just like, I don't Ari Aster is a sadistic fuck. Cause he really puts his female leads through the emotional ringer uh, and gets incredible performances out of both of them. Um, I think just the whole, like, yeah, and then Little Women, you see just the complete opposite of what she does in Midsommar, and she does it at an equally high level. Just Amy is just, I think Amy is the hardest character in Little Women because she's so unlikable at the beginning of the movie. Um, she's just kind of a spoiled brat, and she's just kind of na a nag on Joe in the beginning of the movie. And then you see her grow up and become this more sophisticated, just not just like in her manner, but just like emotionally more sophisticated. And I think that's a huge tribute to Florence Pugh. And then like, even like, and we talk about like something where she is the best thing about something that's not great. I'm not a huge Black Widow fan, but she's easily the standout of Black Widow. And for me, honestly, if the MCU going forward was just her and Haley Steinfeld on their adventures, I would be a hundred times more interested in the MCU than I currently am. Uh, because she's just that good. She's just that magnetic. Like just showing off that movie star charisma after sort of showing her like acting chops in these other more character-based roles. And then just this star wattage at this such a high level in Black Widow. And then... I'm and then I'm really, really excited for I know there's been some controversy about the movie. Some. <laughs> some. some but I'm still very excited about Don't Worry Darling because of her. Like she is the reason more than Olivia Wilde, more than that asshole Harry Styles. I don't give a fuck about though he I did make a lot of money off of Harry Styles a couple years ago, so it's fine. But anyway, um <laughs> I worked this I worked this concert for like two weeks. Um, but anyway, uh yeah, um I think she's just somebody who 
I think she has the street potential to, and I, Kirk probably is wanting to disembowel himself with every word that comes out of my mouth. <laughs> but I think she has the street potential. She is the person, when I see she is in a movie, I am there. Uh, and as if that wasn't enough, as if I didn't like her enough, she finally broke up with Zach Braff. And it's like, thank God. They broke up? Yes. Yeah. Date someone your own, closer to your own age, Florence, please. I beg you. Doesn't have to be me, but just somebody <laughs> closer to my, our age. Well, uh, we, we lost Anya Taylor Joy, but we got Florence Pugh back. Yeah, I'm not. Well, I'm not sure. We've there's been no more confirmation of that. That's all I'll say when it comes <laughs> oh, to Anya. Not old that hope. You haven't uh, found anything in her dumpster. <laughs> um, not recently, at least. Fair enough. And then, um, like. Uh, one one more thing, like just oh, other stuff that she has coming up. She's starting to work with kind of like the top tier directors. Like she's going to be in Oppenheimer. She's going to be in, as if I wasn't excited enough already about Dune Part 2. Then I heard that Florence Pugh is going to be Princess Erlon in Dune Part 2. And I was like, Jesus Christ, can I get this movie tomorrow? Yeah, right. Like I need this movie in my, in my eyeballs ASAP. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Team no, Flow no. over here. I know that's probably weird to say out loud, uh, but <laughs> we stand Florence in this house. Uh, I am very excited for Dune Part Two. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, yeah. uh, Oppenheimer. I I didn't realize she was going to be in that. Uh, she's literally also like seventy percent of Hollywood is in Oppenheimer. To be, be fair. that's fair. Uh, she's also uh, voicing uh, Goldilocks, I believe, in the upcoming Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots, the last wish. So yes. She's joining the fandom world again. Uh, now we can write a filmography question about her. Here we mm -hmm. go. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on Black Widow. I think it's a not a great movie, but she's great in it. Um, I liked her when she showed up in Hawkeye. I thought she was good in that. Kate um, Bishop. And then, uh, what'd you say? Kate Bishop. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, I, I did like her in Little Women. Once I got past the fact that she was playing like a seven-year-old, I was like, okay, I can I can get past this. Uh, yeah, whatever. But um, I, the one that you didn't bring up that I really like is Fighting With My Family. Um mm -hmm. I, I really liked that movie because I wasn't expecting anything and I didn't really know who she was at the time. And I believe that was also 2019. Like she just had it that. Was. That was the first of the her first big movie yeah. in 2019 that she um, I thought she was also really good in Outlaw King. Like she's not in much of it, and it's kind of like a mid movie, but I think she's good. She yeah, she's good in it. And um I never saw Lady Macbeth, but I remember seeing the previews for that. It, being it's really she's really really good. Yeah, I, was that, I her debut, that right? later. Was that her? That, debut? Was, well, that was like her first big breakout. Yeah, I didn't sure, see it yeah. until after I'd seen like Midsommar and Little Women. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really good in that too. But yeah, I I really like fighting with my family. I, I got to be honest. Um, I, I I hate Midsummer. Um, I hate it even more when people call it Midsummer. Uh, I I just I know that's what like I get it and I'm just being facetious but I I don't love the movie um, and I, I I I've been on record I don't 
I didn't love Hereditary, but I respect a lot of Hereditary. Like, I think Tony Collette is like amazing in the movie, but the movie just doesn't work for me overall. Uh, Midsummer was one that I sat there and I was like, wow, she's great. I don't give a fuck about anything else happening in this movie. Like, I just, it, it the movie does not work for me at all, but I think she's fantastic. And, uh, yeah, so Ari Aster is just not my director, and that's fine. Like, that's that's okay. But uh, I think she's great. Um, one might say that she's better than John Cazale when it comes to being an actor or actress, uh, but Kirk can speak more to that. Uh, Kirk, <laughs> let's hear what your thoughts. Oh, boy. See, I was going to be nice, and then you had to go and say something like something. <laughs> nonsense like that i didn't say that i thought it i said one might say yeah i wouldn't even say that and i picked lord's view um i won't rant too much i won't rant on jake's parade but um i mean midsommar is good in spite of her justice for jack rayner he did absolutely nothing wrong in that movie um Jesus. You, Black Widow, uh, you get the Boris and the Tasha accent. <laughs> see, when, see how it goes with you forget Kathy's birthday. This the, year. See how the, that goes. The, uh, the, 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 the Boris and the Tasha accent in Black Widow got old quick. Um, yeah, it's not her fault that she got cast as a child in uh, in uh, Little Women, but it's kind of embarrassing to watch her try. And um, she did a great job advertising WWE, the WWE commercial that was fighting with my family. Um, and Dune has a lot of flat, emotionless characters in it, so I'm sure she'll fit right in there. <laughs> Dune is fucking ass. <laughs> that was funny. That's wow. all I got to say on that. Oh, that was funny. Uh, Boatman. I don't know how to follow that. Uh, I like I, I like Pew. I think she's really good in Little Woman. I'm not quite on like the giant Florence Pew hype train that everyone else is yet. Mm-hmm. At least I think she's I think she's really good. I'm not on like the the hype train that everyone else seems to be on though. But I think she's solid. Scott. Yeah, I mean, like 2019, those three movies. It was like an insane. You know, at the end of the year, after watching Little Woman, I was like, well, I didn't know who this person was before this year. And now I think it's like one of my four or five favorite actresses. So it was a crazy, you know, uh, you know, God mode run that she had in 2019. I mean, I th- I think she's the best performance in Little Women. Um, Midsommar, she's incredible in um, this. That first scene or that beginning segment where she finds out that her sister has died or, you know, has done the murder-suicide, basically. The crying that she has on the couch when she's, like, with Jack Rayner, that is some of the most, like, realistic. Like, it sounds like her, like, throat is about to, like, come out of her body. Like, how hard she is crying in that scene. And, obviously, the way they use that sound in the movie is brilliant. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, you know, really powerful. And I can't wait to see uh, her directorial debut with Don't Worry Darling. So, uh, yeah, that should be fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to go next. Um, this was actually tough for me because there's a lot of actors and actresses where, like, I really like them, but then they don't have, like, the the filmography to, like, back it up. Like, somebody, like which I don't want, actually, I'm not going to say who, but there was one that I'm like, I might go with a second pick 
And then I like looked at their filmography and I was like, wow, I like like half of your movies, but I love you in like all of them. So it's, it's super weird. So I went with somebody first that I actually, most of the, everything that I've seen of him, I actually really like, um, save for like one that I can think of, but I'm going with Andrew Garfield and I'm picking silence. Um, because like I said before, I think silence is just an incredible Martin Scorsese movie that is super underseen or just maybe misunderstood. I don't know, but, um, it's one of the, it's one of the few movies where, uh, I can like admit is like, like it, it's so hard to watch, but I could watch it endlessly like over and over again. Like it is super like hard. There are parts of it that are hard to get through, but I just like get so wrapped up in the story. And I think it, this is probably Andrew Garfield's best performance. In my opinion, the one that I'm like not huge on is tick, tick, boom. Like I think he's great in the movie. I didn't love the movie, um, but I think he's very good in it. But uh, his run recently, I haven't seen Under the Banner of Heaven yet, which I know is a TV show, but like I've heard that it's really, really great. There's someone else in that who's like, there's a lot of people in it. Wyatt Russell Wyatt Russell's in it. in it. Yeah. There's like an actress. Daisy, uh, Daisy Edgar Daisy Edgar Daisy Jones. Edgar Jones. That's who. Yeah. 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 I wanted to watch it, honestly, because of her, too. So um, I hear he's very good in that, but um, I know this is an unpopular opinion. He's not my favorite one, so calm down, everybody. He's actually my third favorite one, but I really like him as Spider-Man. Like, I don't love his movies, but I love him as Spider-Man. Um, and actually, I take that back. I do love the first Amazing Spider-Man movie. Like, I it, that's probably unpopular, but I do, I, I do love that movie. It, it's kind of a guilty pleasure almost at this point. The second one's bad, but... I love him in the movie and I love him. And I thought he was great in no way home. Uh, when he came back, I thought that his, the way they were able to kind of pick up with him and make it feel almost like they were finishing an arc that he never got to. I really, really enjoyed. Um, but like I said, that 2016, um, like religious Andrew Garfield, <laughs> uh, double feature of hacksaw Ridge and silence, I really loved, I loved Hacksaw Ridge as well. Uh, both of those, those were my number. Uh, I wanted, yeah, they were my number two and number three movies of the year. Silence then, and then Hacksaw Ridge. I, I really liked him in Hacksaw Ridge as well. But then even one that's more underseen, like 99 Homes. I think he's really good in that. Um, going up against uh, fucking, um, help me somebody general michael shannon thank you all i can think of is general sod i'm like help me somebody uh that's how you think of michael shannon it's the first thing that came to mind i think of him as the drug dealer from the night before um there you go much better (laughs) um you know what that's fair (laughs) i thought that movie was was really interesting and he brought he was really good in that. And then obviously the social network like is great. Um, I also just watched, um, I had never seen this before and I'm doing like a Tom Cruise watch right now. So I watched Robert Redford's film, a lion, I think it's lions for lambs or lion for lambs or something like that. Um, I just fell asleep just when you were saying the title of it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Not a good movie. I had no idea he was in it and I thought he was good for what he was given in, in an early 
uh, role of his. Again, it's not a great movie, but him kind of just sitting there with Robert Redford talking about like politics and stuff like that. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was an interesting, his part of the story was, was kind of, uh, was the one that I actually cared about. And a lot of that had to do with him and Robert Redford um, being very charismatic with each other. So he's just an actor that I think, again, like Adam Driver, I'm always going to go to immediately um, if, if they're in something, I want to watch it. And I think like Scott was saying that he thinks that Adam Driver is going to have an Oscar in the next few years, which I agree with. I think Andrew Garfield is right there as well. I know he's talked about taking a break for a while. Uh, great. Do it. But come back and keep going. Oh, I, and I also forgot. Um, didn't love the movie as well, but he's amazing in it. I thought he was really good in Eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, nobody should have won an Oscar from that movie, but uh, <laughs> but he's very good in it. And also, I love you, Jessica Chastain, but sorry, you should not have won that Oscar. Uh, okay, Boatman, Andrew Garfield, yay or nay? Yeah, uh, no, Andrew Garfield rocks. I really like him in Tick, Tick, Boom, but Silence would be my pick. I think he is like phenomenal in it i remember i said that like tick tick boom was the favorite performance from andrew garfield i had seen and you tim specifically were like ah and then i was like well i haven't seen silence and you were like ah fair uh now i've seen silence and silence is my pick because he's like so freaking good in that he should have not he was not only nominated for the wrong movie that year he should have won but for silence um yeah won that year Oh, uh, that was Casey Affleck. Oh, I like that performance a lot. But I anyway. know I do too. But I think Garfield is better. No, I agree. I agree with you. At the end of the day, yeah. No, I don't. I wasn't saying anything bad about Casey Affleck. I'm just saying, yeah, Garfield's my way. Hey, I mean, let's take it easy on Casey Affleck, guys. No, I mean, yeah, as a person, maybe not. But <laughs> in, in that movie, I like that movie a lot. Um, okay, uh, Scott. Yeah. Um, you know, Social Network, obviously, he's probably the best performance. And then he had a long period there where, like, he wasn't doing anything that I was really that interested by. I didn't like him as Spider-Man. Sorry. Uh, and then I watched him in Under the Silver Lake. And I was I like, That's Whoa. like one of those big ones that I've never seen. Yeah. I, I need to watch it. it was, I would never have expected that he had that performance in him. But he's, like, very kooky. And, like, the way he runs around in that movie is funny. Like, it he's perfect for like the off kilter tone of that movie, which I do love. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm back in on this guy. And then I really liked him in tick, tick, boom. Obviously he had a nice comeback in Spider-Man. He was, you know, good in no way home. And then um, I did watch under the banner of heaven, which is fine. The, the series is pretty good, but he's definitely the best part of it. Like he gives a really, really um, intense performance as like this devout Mormon guy who suddenly gets, um, you know, uh, his faith called into question by this crime that he's investigating. Um, so I recommend watching the show for his performance alone. And Wyatt Russell is also really good. But yeah, I definitely hold him in much higher regard now than I would have probably five years ago. So it's a good pick. Cool. Uh, Kirk? Yeah. Um, no, I think it's a solid pick. I didn't love him as Spider-Man. I didn't enjoy those movies. I didn't think he was necessarily great in the role. Um, but I think he's come off that really well. Um, and I do think he was he was the best, you know, like you said, wrapping up that arc. That, that was probably the best moment in No Way Home. I think that was his best performance as Spider-Man. Um, but I think he just comes so far. Silence is, I think we underestimate, like you said, Tim, you know, people say that movie 
they're wrong, but they said the movie is too long, it's boring, whatever. It very well could be um, if he's not doing so much heavy lifting in that role. I mean, he is asked to do so much in that movie, um, and he makes it work. Um, with without that performance, um, this movie you know might crumble under the weight of it. Uh, but I think he's so good in it. Uh, Under the Silver Lake is a movie I didn't love, uh, but he's really good in it. Uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, I didn't like, but I don't blame him for it. I think it's just the character more than it is. I think any, most actors in that role probably would do the same thing he did with it, and I wouldn't have liked it. Um, I did like him not as Tenny Faye. And yeah, Hacksaw Ridge is really good, too. That's just a really another solid performance. So I think he just putting out, like, I don't, he, it's like, well, it's like, I don't even think Spider-Man at all when I think of him anymore. Like, yeah. he's completely moved on past that. And that's hard for somebody like that to do. So um, kudos to him. Yeah. Um, Jake, you haven't talked. Yeah, Jake, you need to talk. About yeah. Him. Yeah, big fan. Really good pick. I probably would have gone with, I would have been a basic bitch and gone with Social Network. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's really close for me, honestly. Like, I also, I mean, I also have not, as we established earlier, I have not seen Silence. And now I just the repeated silence mentions that like, I need, I need to watch that like ASAP. Um, but yeah. Uh, social network. He's great. I kind of have the same opinion on Kirk as Kirk about under the silver Lake, though. I feel like it's one I need to revisit because there's just so much going on in there. Um, but he's always really, he's fantastic in under the silver Lake. And um, I think I also, I was one of the people who liked tick, tick, boom. And I think it was a lot mostly because of him. I'm going to, I will be the turd in a punch bowl when it comes to Hacksaw Ridge, though. I was not a huge fan of Hacksaw Ridge, though. I think it's also just because of who I am. It just was never going to be a movie that connected with me. That's fair. Um, so I also, another movie that uh, I think is really good that he's good in that nobody's mentioned is Never Let Me Go. Um, it was a really interesting sort of soft sci-fi movie. I think Carrie Mulligan is the best performance in it, but because because she's Carrie Mulligan, um, but uh, he's also he's also very good in that too. Um, and yeah, I just I feel like I haven't seen as much of his stuff as I think I've seen Spider Man. I think it was kind of interesting. Like I think he was a really good Spider Man. The movies are not good, but he's really like a really good choice to be Spider-Man and he's really good as Spider-Man. Yeah. Just not as Peter Parker. I 100% uh, agree with that. 100%. Like he just looked like if people thought Tobey Maguire looked too old to be uh, Peter Parker in the Raimi movies, like double down on that with Andrew Garfield and the amazing Spider-Man movies, like him being a high schooler is absurd. Um, so... Yeah, uh, but no, I'm really interested to see what he does next whenever he comes back from this break. He's, yeah, he's never, he's never at, le at least not interesting. All right. I, like uh, I believe we're back to Boatman. Yeah, uh, for my final pick, I think uh, one of the most interesting actresses working today and probably just successful is Emma Stone. Uh, I I think she's phenomenal. I think if I had to pinpoint my favorite performance of hers, though, go with the favorite. I think uh, her performance in the favorite is 
so layered. She's my favorite part of the favorite. I, I don't get me wrong. I love Rachel Weisz. I love Olivia Coleman. I think she's the best part of the favorite. I think she's so like, just this is like probably the most like manipulative that Emma Stone's ever been. And I think she's like so good in this, uh, but I like her in just about everything she's been in lately. Like she's great in La La Land. She's, I, I really like her in Battle of the Sexes. Like most people kind of, I don't think people saw that movie. I thought she was phenomenal in that. I really liked her in that. Um, yeah, no, I think she's just one of like the most entertaining actresses. She was also like really great in Cruella. Like that's a throwaway pulpy yeah. role, I, but I think she was really good in that. So yeah, no, I I think Emma Stone is like fantastic. Uh, Scott, what do you think? Yeah, definitely a fan. Uh, I might have gone with La La Land, because um, just because I like the movie a little bit more, but. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, she cut her teeth on comedy stuff like early on with um, Zombieland and Easy A and uh, Crazy Stupid Love, which I think she's great in, um, but obviously has grown into the dramatic stuff. I mean, I think she's great in Birdman. Like, I think she goes toe to toe for sure with um, some of the heavy hitters who are in that cast. Um, and then, yeah, I had a really fun time with Cruella, too. And I'm sure that I wouldn't have if a different actress had been involved. I mean, I like what Craig Gillespie did as well, but still, I think she is a big selling point for that movie. Um, so definitely a solid pick. Um, I'm always interested to see um, what she does because I think she's proven herself in all different types of movies. Kirk? Yeah, no, I think she's good. Um, you know, Scott mentioned her early stuff, like Superbad, Zombieland. Um I know, like, there's just a natural pro uh, progression to a career, especially when you have, you're as talented as she is. But I honestly kind of miss that stage of her career. I think she was so good in that. Like, I think she, she's one of the best parts of Superbad. Um, you know, she's great. Her doing those early comedies, uh, Crazy Stupid Love. Um, I mean, it's a great cast overall, but I think if you put somebody else in her role and um, Gosling's role, I think that movie is not nearly as good. Um, I think she is just uh, just a saving grace. A lot of that early stuff she did. Um, but obviously the newer stuff, I think she's just such, um, I don't know even how to describe it. Like she's such a unique personality. Um, she has certain affectations and the way she acts that, um, I, that don't feel put on. Um, it just feels like kind of who she is. And I'm not saying like she's playing the same character every time, but she just her, the way she carries herself, the way she talks, um, just something really unique about her, just really kind of you know captivating even moved like i didn't love la la land i thought it was all right um i wasn't in, in love but just her personality in that movie and again her with glasses again uh they have really good chemistry i think just that's that movie would not have been any good even though the, neither of them are fantastic singers i think just from this point of the, the acting and the relationship um you take her out of it and that movie really drops in quality and I think that goes for a lot of the stuff she's in. So, um, yeah, another one I think is going to be around for a long time and a lot of great stuff. But their chemistry was so good in Gangster Squad, right? Uh, let's, uh, Jake, uh, what do you think about Emma Stone? I'm glad, I'm glad Kirk brought up Super Bad. Otherwise, I would have had a fucking stroke. Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, Super Bad just means so much to me and just like in so many ways. And I think even just talking about Super Bad, I think. Her, I think her performance in it, like that is that is a throwaway character. It's just like the object of 
Jonah Hill's character's affection, but she just brings so much life and so much personality to it in a way that I think most actresses wouldn't have. And I think that just immediately my, uh, my antenna went up like, Oh, this person is somebody who like, I'm curious what they do next. And then, uh, she and then she just followed it up by just killing it again in a high school role with Easy A, which like is completely propelled by her charisma. As great as Patricia Clarkson and Stanley Tucci are as her parents, and they really are great. Um, they she it's it that movie lives and dies with just her charisma, and I think that's just something that she's shown off repeatedly in roles both comedic and dramatic and i'm uh, it's good that bowman did pick the favorite because that was something for me i did not really expect out of her that kind of role and i think she's just equally adept at that and i want to see more stuff like that i know she's in yorgos's next movie um so really excited to see that collaboration again um so yeah i think that's a really really strong pick yeah, and I agree. I mean, I think she's really great. Um, there's, I always like it when she shows up, and even when they went came back and did Zombieland Double Tap, I thought she was uh, was good in the movie. It's not as good as the first one, but she brings a lot of that energy back. And we've talked about Crazy Stupid Love now a couple times, and I, I think that movie is fantastic. Um, this is... Uh, not my favorite of the Yorgos movies, but um, that I've seen, I should say. Um, but I do really like the movie, and I thought she was really good in it. Um, so, yeah, great pick. All right. Uh, Scott, let's go to you for your next pick. Okay, I'm going to pick who's probably my favorite actress at the moment. I'm going with Jesse Buckley. Uh, and the movie I'm going to choose is Wild Rose. Um, which was the first movie I saw her in also. Didn't even know who she was. I mean, she had done a couple movies before it, but nothing big. Um, and then, I mean, that movie is the whole package of, you know, acting, obviously, like an incredibly powerful performance in what could be a paint-by-the-numbers, you know, inspirational music film, but it's so much more because of her. And her singing is unbelievable as well, because, I mean, that is her singing i have the the soundtrack on uh on vinyl and i listen to it all the time because uh, you know her voice is so great singing those classic country songs um and so you know instantly i was hooked from that and then you know 2020 she does i'm thinking of ending things um you know both of those movies wild rose and i'm thinking of Ending things i think she could have been nominated for an oscar should have been um, and you know, if I'm thinking of anything, she does like the double role, really. She's playing like, you know, multiple different sides of the same character just because of the way that that movie is. Um, and I am always impressed when an actor can do like those kind of double role type things. Um, it's one of the things I love, uh, again, when an actor can do that, it's like one of, you know, one of my whatever the opposite of a pet peeve is. Um, I love when actors do that. But um, And then she finally got her Oscar recognition uh, from doing The Lost Daughter last year, which is a movie that I think, although it got a lot of Oscar nominations, um, deserved more attention because I thought it was excellent. And she's definitely really good in it. Um, and then, you know, this year she did Men, which I didn't really like, but I, I do think she was really good in it. Um, 
she's going to be in Sarah Pauly's new movie, Women Talking, which I'm very excited for um, coming out in just a couple of months. And another one who I think is definitely going to, now that she's broken the seal and gotten her first Oscar nomination, I definitely think she is, uh, the, the win is going to be somewhere in the not so distant future for her. And she will deserve it because I've not seen her in anything where she wasn't probably the best part of it. So, uh, Kirk, what about you? Um, I think she's good. Um, I want to see more. I've seen well, I saw Wild Rose on Scott's recommendation. Um, and I've seen, I'm thinking of any things I didn't see Lost Star yet, and I haven't seen uh, Men. Um, I just, I mean, I'm not going to say she's like Florence Pugh level of overrated, but um, I just, I'm, I'm not yet seeing what, what, what Scott has see, is seeing. I'm, I'm not saying that she's bad or she's, she's not good to watch. Like I, when I watched Rod Rose, I thought it was good, but it wasn't anything like it didn't blow me away. Um, I think she definitely has the potential she could get there. Um, like I said, I just want to see more. Jake, what about you? Yeah, I, I really like this pick. Um, like I think some of the other uh, people that have been mentioned, um i first noticed her in tv uh she was in tom hardy's vanity project uh taboo that i watched she played kind of like a small but kind of she really popped in the role that she was in i was like oh okay this person's interesting uh, like if i if i see them in something else i'll be like oh it's that person and then um trying to think what was the next thing i saw her in Oh, I think it I think it might have actually the next TV thing I've watched with her and it was Fargo. Uh, I believe it was season three of Fargo she was in and she was really good as like kind of like a like a neat like a sort of sinister nurse um, in like period Minnesota. Um, but then I did see Wild Rose and I mean, I'm not as big a stan as Scott, but I was really impressed by it. I think, yeah, just. That's kind of like that's like the real like calling card sort of role that you can get like if you can really nail it. That's sort of like it shows everything you can do, and the ending still just makes me a blubbering mess every time I watch it. Like just on YouTube, um, if I need a good cry, I'll watch that. But then, yeah, I also, I also really liked, I also really liked her in I'm Thinking of Ending Things and. Men, I was very, I was pretty mixed on men, but I think she really held the screen really well, and she was really good. Um, and uh, yeah, I just want her to be in like a, like Wild Rose is like a music movie. I want her to be in like a full-on musical because I think she has that kind of talent yeah. where she can have something built around her, a musical built around her, whether she stars in something original or like an adaptation of something. Um, I think that is that I think will get her another Oscar nomination after The Lost Daughter, which I feel like I need to watch again because I didn't watch it under the best of circumstances. I liked it, uh, but I feel like I would like it more on a second viewing. But she did pop as well. Like her and Olivia Coleman are just both amazing and oh, could, yeah. have, could have easily been picked for anybody's list. Both of them. Uh, yeah, it is. The, the, Fifty Shades. I still kind of hold that against her. But, um, great and cha-cha, real smooth though. Uh, yeah. Um, no, really, really solid pick. Definitely like a a projection pick, but like I think pretty can't miss. 
I yeah, um, and I also just realized that I put Justice Buckley on the screen and nobody's <laughs> thing. So Justice, um, no, I really this is one where like, yeah, I I gotta wait to see more. And I, when I say that, I mean I really really like her. I'm not fully behind all the movies yet. I did watch Wild Rose also on Scott's recommendation and really liked it. I thought it was was really good and um i thought she was really excellent in it she's my favorite part of the lost daughter um i didn't love that movie but i thought she was excellent in it like really really good in it and um i've talked about it on this show a few times now i really didn't like men i actually just rewatched it on sunday with maggie and i i disliked it even more the second time so um but i think she's good in the movie so it's one of those things of like i really like her but i need to see more that i like love the movie as well because i'm thinking of ending things it's not a tim movie at all so i i did not dig that i haven't watched chernobyl so i don't know how big of a role she oh, has so that. Good. but yeah, i hear I that that's i hear the show's amazing i don't know how it much is. of it she's in but um I would assume she's good if she's there. And then um, she was apparently in The Courier, which I saw. I don't remember her in that movie. Uh, I remember Cumberbatch being good in that movie, uh, but I don't I don't remember her in it at all. So, um, and let's not forget that she was uh, in the Doolittle movie with Robert Downey Jr. So she was. Let's not forget that. Uh, but again, an actress I really really like, and when she shows up, I get excited. Uh, but I just need to see something that I really, really love. Uh, Boatman. Uh, yeah, I think she's uh, good in uh, I'm Thinking of Ending Things and The Lost Daughter. I haven't seen a ton of her. I, she was my favorite part of The Lost Daughter, uh, so I, I wasn't big on that movie, though, but I think she was the best part of it. I'm interested to see what she does next. Okay, great. Uh, we are on to Kirk, I believe. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with a pick I think is kind of under the radar because this actor is really underutilized. I'm going to go with John Bernthal. Hell um, yeah. The movie I'll pick is Wolf of Wall Street. But if you're not familiar with John Bernthal, he is the guy who is in five minutes of pretty much every movie you've ever seen. Yep. Um, <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time I went, oh, cool, John Bernthal's and he's dead, um, I'd be a wealthy man. Uh I honestly, like, I'm I'm not exaggerating. I honestly think this is the guy he could be the next De Niro if he got the chance to actually be that leading man. Um, everything he's when he, whenever he shows up on screen, like Wolf of Wall Street, he's great. He plays that drug dealer. He's the um, sell me this pen or what? We got chicken or what, Ma? Yeah, <laughs> ah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, he, yeah, he's just so great in that. Um, in in Mean or Old the Dying Girl, he plays like the cool teacher. Uh, it, you know, he's terrifying and fury. Um, it's, it's almost a joke at the point by the time you get to peanut butter Falcon, uh, he plays Shia's brother who is, who had died before the movie starts. Yeah. And he's in like 30 seconds of flashbacks right. and I'm like, you're doing it on purpose at this point. Um, but yeah, I think the one movie I've seen is uh, Ford versus Ferrari is the one movie where he has like an actual role. And it's actually, it's pretty much a straight role, which is, he doesn't play a lot of, but I think he's great in that. Um, but yeah, uh, baby driver, he's really great in that opening scene of baby driver that just disappears. Um, and you know, 
Punisher. I know it's TV, but he's without a doubt, in my opinion, the absolute best thing about the Netflix MCU stuff. Um, he is so good in that role. Um, just perfect for him. So yeah, I want to see him do more and like not just more quantity of movies, but be in movies more. Um, Cause I think he is got like serious leading man potential and could really go far if, if given the opportunity. Um, an underrated movie that I think, again, not a fan, a, a great, fantastic movie is, uh, but I think I enjoy it as the accountant with Ben Affleck. He plays the villain in that. And I think he's really fun in that movie. Uh, he's, I, Kirk, you just nailed it on the head though. Like, I love John Bernthal. And I remember when I really started to realize that, oh no, he's getting shoved into these like, these roles was uh the like the double dick punch of him and sicario and mm -hmm. then in him and uh wind river, wind river yeah was like wind river especially because he's yeah. so good in like the five minutes he's in yeah he steals and, the show every time yeah and um even something like uh again i don't want to talk about the rest of the movie but i thought he was really really good in king richard like he's my favorite part of King Richard. I thought he was really excellent in it. Um, he was in that Netflix movie with uh, Sandra Bullock. Uh, fuck, what was that called? Bird Box. Bird Box? No, 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 no. It was another. It was. It came out last year. It was definitely like an Oscar bait movie where she played. She went to prison and then she came. The out. guilt. No, not not the Un uh, unforgivable not or guilt. something. Yes, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Unforgiven yeah. or not, the unforgiven or unforgivable, something like that. The, the unforgiven. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, she, he was good in that, and again, in a small role, but he it, he's so good in everything, and I I'll, I will eternally think of him as. Uh, in Wolf of Wall Street with the uh, supply and demand motherfucker. Just like, <laughs> it's, it's so good. Um, his scene with Jonah Hill in that movie yeah. uh, is, is great. He's just excellent from beginning to end all five minutes. I forgot about the peanut butter Falcon thing until you yeah. just said it because <laughs> that was one of my favorite movies of 2019. That's a great movie. And I remember seeing his name on the cast list and being like, hell yes. And then he just is gone. And I'm yep. like, no, what are we doing here? Uh, like, yeah, he's great. I I wish I would have thought of this. Um, but yeah, you're right, too, about uh, Ford v. Ferrari. He is playing like a, like a straight man type character, but I love him in that movie. Yeah. And, and he honestly plays an, a similar character to an extent like his straight man type of thing in king richard um but i really he he just has this like good guy charisma mm -hmm. in like both of those movies that i think really really works and then can also be the most terrifying uh villain or anti-hero like he can really do it all and he is a guy that i wish would just like like I feel like we haven't even given him the chance to be like the leading guy. Yeah. Yet. Like there are guys where like you can say like, oh, we've given them a, a shot, we've tried, and it hasn't worked, but they're great. But we've given it. I feel like we haven't given John Bernthal the the, mm -hmm. the shot yet. Um, and I don't know what that is gonna what that looks like or what that movie would be, but I think he could do it. <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah, great pick, Jake. What do you think? 
Yeah, it, it's funny you were talking about like the way John Bernthal is utilized in a lot of stuff. Like another very recent example where it's the exact same thing is the show The Bear. Uh, oh, he's in that. Yeah, he plays the main character's brother who died before the events of the show, and you see him in like flashbacks. So it's, like, it's like the same thing. It just I think is funny, uh, but. Um, no, I really like this pick too. I it would it wasn't even on my radar because like for me, John Bernthal, I know him mostly from TV. Uh, like I think a lot of people, I think I loved his work on television. You mentioned The Punisher, yeah, like that is just such a hard character to get right, especially today, like with the just the way things are in the world, and mm-hmm. I think that he just brings just such just such a he's a really great humanity but also just like you do not fuck with this dude uh and like he does that like he does that in like kind of every movie like he's just somebody who seems really like intimidating but then also just so charming like he can just turn it on instantly just be like this really charming magnanimous guy and but then also just be something someone you'd be terrified of and i just there really aren't a lot of actors like that and it's like he I feel like John Bernthal would have been if like I think John Bernthal came along like 40 years too late because I think he would have been like a mega star in the 70s like every director in the 70s would have like wanted him in their movie like I just think he's just that sort of I think he's just that sort of actor um and but I still love seeing him in like anything everything that I see him in like, yeah, Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, he pop like he pops in Wolf of Wall Street. It's just interesting that that's kind of the movie you have to go to because he's not in it much. And that's kind of like he's it's interesting. Like he is a character actor, like with leading man talent. Um, but like kind of kind of like I hate to really like group him in, but like somebody who he was with Brad Pitt. Like I think that. He's not as like conventionally pretty as Brad Pitt is, but I think the same idea where it's like Brad Pitt sensibilities are kind of that of more of a character actor. He just happens to look like Brad Pitt. Mm. Um, But I think John Bernthal has that kind of ability too. And just that sort of, that sort of charisma. And like, yeah, I just love seeing him whenever he pops up in anything though. I mean, it's, I don't know if I'll watch the American Gigolo series that's coming out. Uh, but like that's him front. Oh, and that comes right. He's the guy. So this is mm. like the time where he is the guy. So that's kind of as close as we're gonna get, I think, for a while. Yeah, I forgot that he was uh, gonna be in that. Um, I was gonna also bring up before uh, we go to the next person too. I uh, on the Taylor Sheridan thing of like Sicario and. Uh, um wind river he did have a bigger role in those who wish me dead the movie's not great but he's good oh, okay. in the movie. i i mean again it's the lesser of the taylor sheridan that's probably true yeah. movies like i like wind river sicario hell or high water like all of those movies are better but he's really really good in the movie so uh boatman what do you think about john bernthal he's good i I feel like he's one of those guys that, like, outside of Wolf of Wall Street, maybe I just haven't seen enough. For me, he's one of those guys who, like, 
I feel like can do more, but he hasn't like wowed me yet. Though I will say, I haven't seen some of the movies that you're talking about. Like I've never seen Wind River, so like that could be part of it. Um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta watch that movie, Boat. That's like Wolf of Wall Street, which he is fantastic, and he hasn't like wowed me yet. But I definitely believe that he can. Boat, you gotta watch Wind River, buddy. That's it. It is that movie's awesome. Uh, Scott, we're going to you. What, what yeah, you? I mean, I don't have too much to add, I guess. I do think, you know, he's a fun character actor. You always enjoy seeing him popping. I forgot he was in Widows until I was looking at his IMDb. Oh, yeah. Um, which I love that movie. I'm not sure I see the same, like, De Niro, Brad Pitt type thing that we're talking about here as far as a leading man. But, you know, to everyone's point, maybe that's just because he hasn't been given the opportunities yet. So, um I, the door is cracked to that possibility, but I don't know if I'm there yet. Okay. Um, all right. So we are on to Jake. Okay. Yeah. So I'm also going to pick somebody who I really uh, first came to my attention from television. And I think he's easily the best part of the show that I I'm thinking of, and I think as he's gotten into movies, uh, I think pretty much every time out, he is easily the best part of whatever movie he is in. Um, I am picking Brian Tyree Henry, and the movie that I'm going to pick is If Beale Street Could Talk. Um, so I, for like most people, Brian Tyree Henry first came to my attention on Atlanta, which is one of the most incredible shows I've ever seen. Um, and I think he's just, he really can do it all on that show as uh, as Paperboy. Like he just can absolutely destroy you with like a, like a side eye glare. And it's always really funny. Like there's an episode in season one in particular where he's part of uh, like a fake, uh, it's like a, like a black talk show, like it was like about like black issues and stuff. And it just is so off the wall and so hilarious. And just his exasperation with everything that's going on around him is just comedy gold. And then he gets another showcase episode in season two. That's the complete opposite end of the spectrum where it's just like really incredible dramatic work where um, he's like goes through a walk in the woods and he's like mourning the loss of, his mother and it's just really affecting moving stuff. And um, then he got into movies and like the other one that I was thinking of for this was um, into the spider verse. Cause he's really, really great as miles, father in into the spider verse that God, that that scene where he's outside miles's door. It's just, Oh God, it just gets me every time. It's just like an all-time great dad moment, uh, and I really like. I love the movie overall. It's my favorite Spider-Man movie, and um, I think he actually really adds to it in a way that, like, he makes that character really work. Like, he could just be like the nagging dad who's just annoying and like always, but he really gives him such an incredible humanity. And then my pick. If Beale Street Could Talk was my favorite movie of 2018. I think it's just so gorgeous. Just the composition. Barry Jenkins is just like 
he's a god among men to me. Um, but he's only in one scene in If Beale Street Could Talk, but it's the best scene in the movie uh, for me, where it's just him talking to the main character, like their best friends. It's I think it's a I believe it's a flashback scene scene. Um, yeah, and it's just so he's just so natural, so engaging. Um, yeah, I just like I can never take my eyes off of him. And then Scott mentioned Widows. I was almost going to go with somebody else from Widows. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya yeah. would have been my who's I thought about it. He might be the best thing in Widows, but Brian Tyree Henry is close. Um, he plays kind of kind of like he's i guess he you could say he's kind of the villain like a villain in the movie um obviously daniel Kalia is more of his enforcer but he's really good in that too and then in even in stuff that i don't love like he really pops and he's easily the best thing about eternals which is what the movie's whatever i think he's easily the best part of it and then most recently a movie I liked but didn't love, but Brian Tyree Henry, easily the best part of Bullet Train to me. Uh, I just think he was so funny, so charismatic. I just the Thomas. I never failed to laugh at the Thomas the Tank Engine gag. It was so good, and he manages to like. I think I was not the hugest Aaron Taylor Johnson fan, but Brian Tyree Henry brings the best out of him. I think in that movie and their chemistry is so good. I think the, that dynamic is the thing that I like the most about bullet train. And yeah, he's just like, I think he is like the a plus character actor now. Like if I need somebody interesting in my movie, that's maybe not necessarily the lead, but somebody who will always make it better. He's the dude for me. Yeah. Um, I, love if Beale Street could talk. Um it was in my top ten of the year uh in twenty eighteen, right? Twenty eighteen is when it came out, right? Yeah, that sounds right. Um I I really, really liked the movie. Um and I agree. I think his scene is is awesome and 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 he's he's one of those actors where like I, I haven't watched Atlanta um so I don't know how he is on that but i i can only imagine he's fantastic because literally everything i've seen him in um i've enjoyed him i thought i bullet train i thought he him and aaron taylor johnson were the best part of the movie for sure um uh even like he's in like one scene in joker and he's fucking great in that one scene Fuck that movie. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah it he was in one minute of Joker. Not even one scene. He was in one minute of Joker. Where he's like the records clerk or whatever. Piss me off. I hope they paid him good money for that trash. Uh, All right. well, I love Joker. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I can't wait to get to my next pick and hear everybody bitch about uh, Anyway. Uh, but yeah. I I just I like him and everything. And I, I again, you, you mentioned the thing about Eternals, about him being the best part. And I, it's hard for me to disagree because there's not like a ton about the movie to cling on to um 
I I have a I have a personal favorite from that movie, but nobody else wants to, and I don't need Scott to tell me about why the MCU is trash. So we don't need to go on that too long. But uh, I I do really like Brian Tyree Henry. I want to see him in more stuff. I I think Jake kind of nailed it on the head though about him being like the A plus character actor right now. Like he's really really great in everything. And um, I, I read one review about Bullet Train that was like. I would watch an entire spinoff of him and Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah. Like I would watch that movie. That sounds awesome. Uh, so yeah. Bowman, what do you think about Brian Tyree Henry? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, we haven't talked about it very much, but to me, like the performance that kind of brought everything together for me was bullet train. I think he is like so fun in bullet train. Uh, I think I, I think he's fantastic in Bullet Train. He was my favorite part of that movie. Yeah, um, I but I really like him in Beale Street. Um, I I think that he was good in that. I've liked him in pretty much everything, but for me, Bullet Train was like the movie where it all came together. And like, you know what, this guy rules. Yeah, Scott. So I got really excited about him after 2018, after Widows, and and if Beale Street could talk. Um, and then I kind of agree with what Garth said about uh, him deserving better in Godzilla versus. God. I I feel like that uh, pretty much any movie he's been in since 2018, I feel like he's deserved better because either he's gotten the shaft with the size of his role, or he's had a decent role but in a movie that I don't think is very good, like Eternals, for example. Or I mean, I'm not going to harp on it because I know everyone here likes it, but I didn't really like Bullet Train that much. Um, but I, uh, I think he's, so I think he's a phenomenal actor and I'm really curious about this movie with Jennifer Lawrence that he's doing, which has been in the works for a little bit. Um, that is going to be coming out fairly soon, I think. Um, cause that's, that has some potential right there. I think it's an A24 film actually, but, um, yes, but, but yeah, I, unfortunately I just feel like he hasn't followed up yet on the potential that he showed from 2018, not necessarily because of him, but just the project, a lot of the projects that he's chosen have not panned out. Uh, Kirk. Um, I love this pick. Uh, he, this is a name that I, when we were, you know, this topic came up, this is a name I was thinking about. Um, the only reason why I crossed him off the list is because I don't think I've seen enough of his stuff um, to really, you know, talk about it in depth. Uh, but I think he's great. Uh, yeah, Bill Street, he carves his own little piece out of that movie, which is hard to do because there are so many great scenes and so many great performances. And when he shows up, he just completely makes it his own. And after everything that's already, everybody who's already been in that movie, everything that's already happened in that movie, for him to be able to come in and do that is really impressive. Um, I loved Bullet Train. I thought it was a really good movie. I thought he, think he was one of the best parts about it. Um, his character is written as it's not written poorly but it's basically like a parody of like an over-the-top action type character um and you it could very easily fall like into that deadpool range of surfacely funny but nothing else there and um, also the character has like this kind of really ridiculous affectation that he does uh i won't spoil for me on the scene it's not a big deal but he just does something like it's it's hard for the actor to pull off put it that way he does um so i think he's really great in that um and widows i thought he was good playing off daniel kaluuya in that 
Uh, Eternals, I think, is mediocre to actively bad, uh, but he's honestly the only thing I re- even remember about that movie when I think back on it. So, um, yeah, I really want to see more of his stuff. He's a guy I get excited whenever he's in a movie because I know, um, you know, whatever part he has is going to be solid. Okay. Um, all right, we're going to go to my final pick, and uh, mine is uh... – a. Again, I, I could have gone a lot of different ways. I ended up going with someone who's been around for a while, but is still very actively working and um, who is another guy that just like if, he, if he's in something, I'm going to watch it and I'm probably going to like him in it. And that's the the roughs, Mr. Ruffalo. And the spotlight is the movie that I'm picking. What do you think I was going to pick? No, no, I was just saying that pick speaks to me. No, oh, I thought you were saying like, ooh, like you thought I was going to go a different way. Um, no, I Ruffalo is a guy that like the first time I rem- like consciously remember seeing him in something um, was uh, Collateral. And I remember just being like, this dude is kind of cool. And then like as I keep go- going through the filmography and then I like I saw 13 going on 30, it was like, Oh, okay. Hell yeah. Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> and then, you know, you get, you keep going through the filmography and obviously like Zodiac is one of my all time favorite crime movies. I think he's fantastic in it. I really, um, I actually haven't seen the brothers bloom yet, but Boatman recommended, uh, recommended it to me. So I bought it. I just haven't watched it yet. Um, but I've heard good things about that. Um, I really like him in Shutter Island. I think he is really good as like this opposite um, Leo. And again, I don't want to spoil it. I think everybody pretty much knows what happens, but um, I don't want to spoil it in case you're watching and you haven't and you don't know. But when you rewatch the movie, I think Ruffalo's performance is only enhanced. Like when you kind of realize what's actually going on, there's just a lot there. Um, Another movie I think not enough people have seen is The Kids Are All Right. And I really, really like him in that movie um, where it's basically, I think it's Annette Benning and Julianne Moore are um, uh, moms that um, their kids are Mia, whoever, whose name I can't say. And is it? Uh, uh, Josh right? Hutcherson. It's right? Josh Hutcherson, yeah. I was about to say the Hunger Games boy. Um, I've been out of fandom for almost a year, guys. Uh, So, uh, and they, uh, Ruffalo is their sperm donor, and they like go to meet him, and that he's kind of put into their thrust into their lives and everything. And I I think it's just a really good like adult drama with some comedic moments that he's he's really really great in. And then, obviously, like I I love the MCU it's just like a big part of my life and I love him in it. I love him as Bruce Banner. Um, especially when we get to uh, Ragnarok um, and the infinity war and Endgame. I just, I, I love him. And also I love that he can do something like spotlight where we've talked about spotlight on the show a lot. Um where he can have like it's kind of a meme at this point but the the mark ruffalo like slamming papers on a desk and yelling things movie but like he's so good at it and we can get a movie like this and then in the same breath we can get a movie like now you see me which is fucking ridiculous but it's awesome and he's like a cop or he works for the fbi or something and he's chasing down 
magic magicians and he's awesome at it and even in the sequel like they he he came back for a sequel to now you see me and it's terrible but he's great uh he's just an actor that i i really really admire and another one that i don't think a lot of people have seen and it's not like a incredible movie but i think the lead performances are really good is this little movie called infinitely polar bear and if you haven't seen it um him and zoe saldana uh play parents in it um and it's it's really really good it's a short movie it's like an hour and 25 minutes or something like that um it's a good like family drama where he plays a a dad with bipolar disorder and it's 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 interesting it's a it's a it's an interesting movie so um i would check that one out and then even some of the newer stuff like uh dark waters i think is really good i haven't seen the adam project yet i know he's in that but i just i'm not into that director very sorry boatman i'm not into the director of the adam project very much uh because isn't it the cheaper by the dozen guy i think yeah yeah um but i will watch it i do want to watch it i just haven't seen it yet and i haven't seen his hbo show where he has like plays dual roles I don't remember what it's called, but that came out like last year, the year before. I know this much is true. I know this much is true. Yeah. So I do want to watch that, but I haven't watched that yet. But like I said, I mean, between him being Bruce Banner and then all of the other just fantastic work that he does while doing it, I talked about it earlier, Foxcatcher. I think he's really, really good in Foxcatcher as well. Um, to me, this is he's a guy that never really misses. Uh, there's a couple movies that sure – I don't love the movies, but he's fantastic. Um, and I really like him, like I said, as as Bruce Banner and as like all these other roles that he can pull off um, really well. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Boatman. Yeah, no, uh, you kind of said everything that could be said. But, uh, yeah, I think that uh, Ruffalo is great. Spotlight specifically, he is fantastic. I also really like him. Kids are all right. He's really good in that, too. He's, he's yeah he's super entertaining yeah scott yeah i mean he's my second favorite actor so i definitely thought about him oh. for this um behind this, Cruz. yes nice. uh for this this list but um i think because he is so deep into the mcu now at this point even doing like she hulk uh i'm just like it, i'm hesitant to pick him but i will say i appreciate that um he even while he was doing the MCU, you know, he was doing Begin Again. He was doing Spotlight. He was oh, Begin Again. Dark Waters. You know, he he found time to do these other movies. That is all I ask of these really good actors who join the MCU or some big franchise. Just do one for everyone. Do what do one for me every now and then. You know, that's all I ask. Uh, and he was doing that. Now I hope he continues to do that. We'll see. But um, actually, I think is he not going to be in the Yorgos movie as well? I think maybe he is. I um, believe so, yeah. I believe he is. Poor thing. Yeah, he's going to be in that. So there's one. There's an example. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely love Mark Ruffalo. Um, I have absolutely no problems with his pick. You know, he's been in several of my favorite movies of all time, and he's one of the main reasons why they are my favorite movies of all time. And watch Dark Waters. Yeah, he's good in that. Um, Kirk. Yeah, we were some chat. Me and Scott are in a key. I forget how it came up, but Scott started talking about him as, as his favorite, one of his favorite actors, and kind of started simping over him. But I'm like, I just, I just, he's just not a guy that's ever moved the needle for me. I don't think he's bad, um, 
but I've never been like, oh, I'm really excited to see this new Mark Ruffalo movie. You know, I mean, if it's if it's a movie I want to see, I'll go see it. If, not, if I don't want to see it, I'm not going to see it because of him. Um, like I said, he's been fine. Like he, I've never been like, ugh, Mark Ruffalo. Uh, what's that one he did with uh, the ghost one? He did it with Reese Witherspoon. That was pretty bad. Just like Heaven. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That's, 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 kind of yeah. that movie's fun. Uh, that was pretty rough. You, but uh, you can I, count I, on me. But um, yeah, I just, I mean, I think he's okay as Bruce Banner, and I hate how people like dump on Edward Norton, and like without realizing how much of an easier job Ruffalo has as part of the Avengers and not having to carry his own movie. Um, I think I get even with Hulk. I think he's as good as the script. I don't think Hulk was good, and I didn't like him in uh, the whole thing in Infinity War. I don't think he handled that well. But like I said, I mean, I'm never going to. And I mean, I think he's a guy who's capable of every once in a while given like that spotlight type of you know nominated performance. Um, but he, to me, he's not somebody who's going to be like you know a top tier long. And I mean, he's been around long enough now. He's not. He's not a, a young guy. He's he's pretty established, and I think he is what he is at this point for me. It's He's there and he's fine. And if it's a movie I want to see with Mark Ruffalo, cool. If not, I'll probably go see something else. I will say, I forgot to mention that I I don't think I've ever been more disappointed watching the Oscars than when I heard and your winner of the or and the winner Mark the Oscars. Mark Ryland. <laughs> I I will never forget me and Maggie both were like <gasps> Cause because like, Sylvester Stallone won. Is that what you Yeah. Uh, <laughs> trust me. I actually bought Creed on 4K today, but I love that fucking movie and that performance. But no, Ruffalo should have won. Uh, Jake, your take on the roughs. Yeah, uh, he's I like Mark Ruffalo. I'm not going to go out of my way. Like if Mark Ruffalo is involved in a movie, I'm not going to be like, oh, I got to see that. But if he's like surrounded by other like good people, like good director, then like, yeah, I'm I'm always happy to see Mark Ruffalo. I mean, I'm glad that you brought up. Uh, I'm glad people are bringing up the kids are all right, because I think that's that might be my favorite performance of his just because he's just so charismatic. Like and you can and he's just like. He's like actually like kind of sexy in that movie. Um and like that's not something I ever would have expected from Mark Ruffalo. So like I think that was really imp- I was really impressed by that. And then like I just yeah a lot of the movies that you mentioned. I mean I don't need to say anything else about how great Zodiac is uh, or Collateral. Um, yeah uh, no he's a he's he's somebody I like, but he's not somebody I'm gonna like go out of my way for like my picks or some of the other uh, other people's picks that have uh happened tonight uh i was actually scared you were gonna pick joaquin phoenix and specifically pick him in joker that was where i thought you were going before no uh, the reason i said that I during, recognize me and scott the reason i was i was i made that comment during the brian tyree thing was because i knew i was picking ruffalo and i was like the mcu and scott's twitter makes me sad and like you know and just like all that stuff but yeah um okay uh, so that's our list. Uh, guys, the eight of you watching, uh, stick around. Uh, we're going to talk about Assault on Precinct 13 for the last time, but then we are going to announce what the uh, upcoming topics for the rest of the month are. Um, so please stick around so we can give you that. I know one might tickle Scott's fancy for sure. So uh, let's talk about Assault on Precinct 13. So uh, Scott, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so funnily enough, I watched this, like, I think at the end of last month. And, like, 
one or two days after I watched it, the poll dropped for this for movie of the month and it like immediately started winning. And I was like, Oh, that's convenient. Cause I just watched it. Um, it's great. Uh, my, my, uh, my best friend who doesn't see a lot of older movies watched it in theaters at the New York film festival, actually, I think last year. And he thought it was incredible. So I was like, I got to watch it. If even he, you know, really liked it. And, uh, yeah, it's just like a great grimy seventies thriller. Um, John Carpenter, obviously, he knows how to make an efficient movie. Um, the Thing, obviously, is an amazing example. Like, all, all of his movies are super efficient. Like, he does so much in the exact amount of time that is needed. Um, I was surprised how sort of mean the movie gets at times. Like, the shooting of the kid at the outside the ice cream truck was terrifying, honestly. Uh, I was surprised that he went there. Um, but it's... It's fun, like, you know, it is a little bit of, like, a Rio Bravo style, like, oh, we're just hanging out in the police station, like, waiting for, you know, the action to go down, and obviously Rio Bravo is one of my favorite movies. It doesn't have the vibes of, of Rio Bravo, but um, it, uh, it, as an action, more action-y version of that, uh, it's, it's really good, and obviously it is one of those movies where as soon as the opening credits start and you hear the first notes of the score, it's like, okay, you know, it's, you already know it's going to be good just because the, the uh, I feel the same way about Top Gun Maverick, honestly, like the, just the intro now with like the music starting, I'm like, let's go. Uh, and I feel the same way about this, just that dun, 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 like, I'm like, all right, let's do this. Uh, John Carpenter messed me up. Um, so it, it was great. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I've watched several John Carpenter movies this year for the first time and, I, I get the hype. What would you give this, Scott, out of five? Four and a half. Awesome. Okay. Uh, Kirk, what about you? Yeah, I like this movie a lot. I think um, I love the 70s. And this is the reason, this what? kind of movie is the reason why I love the 70s because in no other decade would this movie get made besides the 70s. Um, it's just such a great, like, uh, I bet it could have been an 80s canon movie. I mean, there was a remake. I was about yeah. to say, it could well, have been a 2000s remake. Yeah, but I mean, was, was it this movie, really? No. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just, it just like such a great blend of, like, different, like it has, like, Scott's, like, that Western aspect has, like, a real, like, horror, like, you know, survival horror kind of feel to it, you know, as long as well as being, like, a just, like, 70s violent exploitation crime movie. Um, and it's I just love the fact, like, I'm looking at it on uh, Letterboxd right now. And when you go down to crew, before you scroll over, it's just all John Car. It's John Carpenter's pictures four times: director, editor, composer, writer. Like he just, it just it's his fingerprints are all over it. It's just, just so I love that kind of like not necessarily control, but just that 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 um, connection he has personally to that movie. Um, and like Scott said, just the, the the surprise violence of just you know when you see that kid in that situation, like okay, how's the kid going to get out of it, and how's that going to affect the rest of the movie? And it's like oh no, they're just shot. And that's it. Yeah. And then um, the how and I, the thing I love about it is, you know, most action movies. My biggest pe- one of my biggest pet peeves with action movies is when a character gets killed, and then someone who loved that character is like sad for five seconds, and then ten minutes later they're like firing off one liners like nothing happened. Like I just love like the girl gets died, and, like her dad spends the majority of the rest of the movie like curled yeah. up in the fetal position, just laying there. I think I, that's just such a great touch because that's you never see that movie, especially like a ultraviolet movie like this uh you never see that um but the gang is great i just love how just just for no reason how 
insane they are. You know, especially like in the third act where they, they basically become zombies. Like they're storming the police precinct with yeah. no sense of you know self-preservation, just walking to a hell of bullets so the next guy can get through. Uh, so it gets kind of crazy, it goes off the wheels there. Um, but no, this is great. Um, I'm not a big like I'm, I'm more of a fan of this kind of carpenter than I am like his straight horror. Um, but yeah, this is this is a good movie. I give I gave it three and a half. Okay. And Jake, what about you? Uh, so I have seen, I didn't watch it for this cause I just been so busy with just like work and other trivia. I just couldn't fit it in. Um, but I did, I've seen it probably like a decade ago. Cause I was like, I love, I was like, I love Rio Bravo. I think Rio Bravo is like one of the best Westerns I've ever seen. And I was like, holy crap, John Carpenter basically did a remake of it. Hell yeah, let's go. And then uh, I don't remember a lot about it, but the thing that does uh, that does stick in my mind is the music, just like John Carpenter doing his sort of a lot like electronic thing that he does that just is so propulsive. Um, yeah, I just that that part is what sticks out to me, and just like the the atmosphere of like just being able to accomplish so much on such a low budget. Like I can't imagine this movie cost like this movie probably costs like 12 cents or whatever, <laughs> but like, especially considering some of like the other stuff you would do later. But um, yeah, I, I remember really liking it. It's one I want, I did want to rewatch it. I just like could not find the time for the life. of. Uh, so I, I apologize. I don't know if, I'm really qualified to give it a rating because uh, sure. it's been long since I've seen it. So no, that's fair. I could probably abstain for out of fairness. Yeah. Uh, I would like to revisit it though. Cause I, I like Carpenter a lot, especially that whole 10 year run that he had from this to big trouble. Bill China is untouchable. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the last time we're going to talk about Assault on Precinct 13, but we do have the poll up. It's pinned on the Facebook page, so go vote there. That poll is going to close tomorrow night. When YLS ends, the poll is closed. That just makes it easy for me to be able to, to get when the movie – and it's not that – it's pretty close, actually. I think good the, the good, the bad, and the ugly is winning, but there was something in second. Rosemary's Baby was up there, yeah. Which one was? rosemary's baby i think was up there okay yeah so um yeah so there's still room uh to vote and everything so go ahead and vote on the poll um upcoming next month i'm gonna make a post tomorrow so people can start to sign up um next week we're doing best original song winners so an oscars episode um for best original song uh, the week after, this is the Macaws edition. Maggie came up with this topic, although she said she would not be on the show. So, whatever. Uh, we're going to do best courtroom movies. Uh, so, uh, th- this could be courtroom, just like uh, scenes, movies, whatever, like however you want to break it down. But courtroom movies uh, is the topic. Then the following week after that, I'm going to be off, but Boatman is going to be hosting Guilty Pleasures Volume 2. So if you didn't make it on the last one, um, I'm not going to count if you've commented on the last post. I don't remember, and I'm not scrolling back. But a fucking ton of you 
uh, commented saying you wanted to be on it. So we're doing it again and it'll be a completely new panel. So it'll be boatmen and three people. Uh, so it'll be a smaller panel, but that way the panel can get more picks and uh, guilty pleasures volume two. And then the week after that, uh, Boatman is gone and I will be hosting and we're going to do over the top action movies, uh, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. I think we're going to, we're going to have a good time with that one, picking some bullshit. My first pick is over the top. Is what? <laughs> over the top. It's oh, <laughs> fair. Um, so they like a truck. <laughs> so those are the topics again. Uh, best original song winners, uh, courtroom movies, guilty pleasures, volume two with Boatman. And then over the top action movies with me. I'll make that post tomorrow, and then you guys can comment uh, about uh, if you want to be on or not. Um, but that is going to do it for us tonight. Uh, I want to thank Boatman, Scott, Kirk, and Jake for being on the officially the longest episode of Logged It by wow. six minutes. We are six minutes over the longest episode, and guess what? The, the the longest episode before this best directors working today. So when we I'm talk so about, hungry. When we talk <laughs> about people working today, apparently we go for a long time. But I, long. I enjoyed the discussion. So thank you to the panel. Um, this was a really fun episode. So we'll see you guys next week with that uh, original song winners. Uh, or was it just song winners? I don't fucking know. Oscars next week. Song winners. We'll see you then. Have a great night. Thank you guys. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, good evening.